0: Welcome to Hooplecast. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me are my newbie co hosts,
1: Carol. Mel!
0: Matt. And we're a bunch of Hoopleheads. <laughs> and giving us our vaccinations for this episode <laughs> against the plague, please welcome to the show, Moira. Yay,
2: hey. Moira, I'm already rolled up. Wow, thanks for that lovely welcome. <laughs> I have my needles right here, I have my sterile pads. We're all ready to go.
3: Or do we have to draw straws? <laughs>
2: Oh no! I'll, I'll do I'll do all four of you. I'm quick. Awesome.
0: <laughs>
2: no problem. You're a pro. Yep. Assuming you
0: take my health insurance.
2: Oh, you know, for you, we could we could work something out.
0: Oh, good.
4: <laughs> I'll, we'll fake some papers. <laughs>
2: no, I was thinking like needles for beer, maybe.
0: I <laughs> say of, Parker, Parker, needles, Parker. it's like toys for tots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> needles for beer.
2: Listen, the barter system is an old honorable method of trade. I'm not above that. <laughs> it's fine with me. <laughs> nice.
0: So, Moira, why don't you tell us about your experience with Deadwood? Are you a new viewer or a veteran?
2: I am a veteran. Uh, we have the DVD set. I, I was trying to think when we watched I think it was about three or four years ago. My husband and I sat down and just kind of mainlined the whole series. But I have only watched it the one time. So you know, my recollections, i like I have a gestalt impression of what happened in the series, but all these little details, oh, they're, they've a long since left my brain. So I'm quite enjoying watching again with you guys. This is fun. Cool.
0: Definitely as a show that you can rewatch is what I have yes. found.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: All sorts of little details that you may miss the first go round.
2: Yeah. And when you've, talk several times about like the soliloquies, the Shakespearean quality to it, and I was thinking that, um, the first time around we didn't go back and rewind, because, you know, you often don't when you're just watching for pleasure, but, um, yeah, I'm getting more out of it this time. <laughs> I'm paying better attention, I think, and, uh, yeah, it's neat. You're right. You always pick up something new.
0: Well, good. I'm glad you're following along with us. Last week we had some technical difficulties with our scheduled guest. Thomas or Tomas I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name if we had gotten him on the podcast I could have clarified that but Mm -hmm. he did send us in some feedback for that episode and I was negligent and I forgot to read it at the end of our recording Mel if you're up to it would you like to read this one
4: yes
0: so this is from regarding episode (laughs) five the trial of Jack McCall it's from Tomas
4: I'm way too hyper right now I just went for a walk settle down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm really it's excited to read. It's like you
2: hadn't read in a long time.
4: <laughs> read? Words? I've got a creepy smile on my face right now. Super <laughs> down now. <laughs> hey, guys. Technology's a cocksucker, ain't it? Oh, well. Life goes on. <laughs> I'll just give you a few notes I was planning to bring up during the show. First and foremost, remember a few episodes ago when Matt... Mentioned someone tweeted at him to stay strong about Oliphant's acting. Well, that was <laughs> so the Oliphant, good or bad actor segment was what I was most looking forward to. Aww. <laughs> I'm going to try not to go on at too much length about it, but I have problems with this character from pretty much every angle you can look at it. From an acting standpoint, he reminds me of Duncan from Veronica Mars. If any of you listen to the Investigating Mars introcast... You'll know they rewarded extra points to an episode if they felt that there was any actual acting coming from Duncan. Yeah, oh, he's I-
3: like David Duchovny?
4: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel that same way about Oliphant on this show. As soon as he comes on screen, he instantly annihilates my sus- suspension of disbelief. From a character perspective, he's an uptight, morally superior dickhead who can't control his emotions worth shit. And at- lastly, I feel that like the writers completely misunderstood how he appears. To the audience, other characters keep making reference to how he's a good man, he's easy to trust, he's very ethical, etc. But but all I see is a dickhead punching people for small offenses, <laughs> and screaming at his best friend for no offense whatsoever. I guess I failed at not running on too much about that, huh? Well, fuck that cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> a few other notes: there was a couple of times during this episode when I wish I could have used Trixie's facial expressions as quotes. <laughs> <laughs> the confused look when Alice telling her to find a dress was great. <laughs> this doesn't really need mention, but I'm going to say it anyway. Jane is awesome. Yeah, maybe the sick and probably quite dehydrated guy doesn't have a great craving for whiskey right now. Who'd have thought? <laughs> I need to mention that Garrett Dillahunt, who plays Jack, was in a couple seasons of the 440... 440- 4400. Oh, 4400, sorry. What's what? I don't know what that is.
0: It was a uh, like a TV about shows. a bunch of people who disappeared, and then when they returned, they all had powers. Oh. in it. I think it was on USA Network. Mm-hmm. I watched the first couple seasons.
4: Interesting. I just needed to mention that because it's one of my favorite shows, and I never hear anyone mention it. <laughs> Watch it, Hoopleheads. Uh, all right. My character of the episode, Solstar, Star, for putting up with Bullock's unprovoked bullshit. Rating nine out of ten Nebraskan pussies. Who was that guy Tolliver mentioned that to, by the way? That never came back. Some quotes, if I'm allowed. Aw. I can't do your quotes justice, probably. Um L. Sometimes I wish we could just hit them over the head, rob them, and dump their bodies <laughs> in the creek. Sigh. But that would be wrong. <laughs> Jack, I'd shake your hand, but I'm trussed up like a Christmas pig. <laughs> Judge. Rules of the court? No nonsense. I had more, but this is getting lengthy. I'll talk to you some other time. Peace. <laughs> well, thank you for
0: sending that in. Again, sorry I didn't read it uh, during the recording for that one. And hopefully we can have you on as a guest. Yeah, thank you. There was one thing he mentioned about the other characters make references to Seth Bullock being a good man. Mm-hmm. But all I see is a dickhead punching people. Mm-hmm. There has been some commentary already from other characters about his temper. Cy and Al were on that balcony, mm-hmm. and they went, that yep. man has a powerful temper.
1: <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I but, think they've mentioned that more than... I haven't really heard anybody say he was a good man. They've acted like he was a good man, but I haven't heard anyone say it yet.
3: Uh, well, I think Bill said it to Alma. He's like, you know, you can trust him. Oh, right. Your, yeah.
0: right,
1: Yes, that's true.
0: So, for our Reader's Theater segment, we have something from Stephanie... This was uh, an article from the Black Hills Daily Times in 1878, so two years later. But it's about smallpox, so this is not a problem that goes away. It's an extremely confusing article, full of run-on sentences, lots of commas <laughs> to keep a sentence going, but then no commas where there should be commas, and it was uh, it was a tough read. I think Moira knows kind of because I had her read one. I was
2: was just thinking that. that, Yeah, I had to figure out where to put appropriate pauses into that one that I had to read. (laughs) Good God.
0: (laughs) A style of writing that is…
2: Extinct. (laughs) Happily. Yes.
0: (laughs) Because it's very confusing.
2: Yes. It's it's good reason
0: In fact, mm-hmm. in this one that we're about to read, there's a moment where a line about how we need to to stay the incursions of this pestilence because it's happening soon. But instead of saying "soon," they say, "When the warm sun propagates the thriving harvest that is now almost perceptible to the touch." Oh my goodness! <laughs>
1: Seriously? <laughs> oh my goodness!
0: That's like 15 words too many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I had I had uh, Stephanie take that out. They needed Al Al Swearingen to come in there and edit that. (laughs) Fairly short. So, like 90 seconds long.
2: Oh, sure. Give her the short one. (laughs) (laughs) Mine went on for like four minutes. It was ridiculous. (laughs) You
5: did a good job. But you did a a fantastic job.
0: (laughs) All right. So, here's Stephanie's
5: An Indignant People, May 22nd, 1878, Black Hills Daily Times. The citizens of South Deadwood are highly indignant concerning the action taken by the county physician in regard to the pest house in their neighborhood. From what we can ascertain of the facts in this case, there has been no provision made for the accommodation of smallpox patients who are thrown on the charity of county authorities. The house just outside the limits of the city known as the county pest house is and has been the property of a private citizen. That house at present is vacated and locked, the occupant being away on a prospecting tour. The authorities running patients into that house without the permission of the owner is as preposterous an act as to intrude them into this office. Much feeling is manifest towards the county physician for his delay and indifference in not removing the smallpox patients from the house in South Deadwood. The county physician, in removing the sick from their own cabins, would be liable to an action in law, in the same sense as any private citizen who might take upon himself such responsibility. The common council, who ordered an attending physician in case of smallpox during the past season at a stipulated salary have, we are informed, neglected to liquidate the expenses incurred. The amount of money necessary to defray the expenses of building a suitable place for the removal of the sick attacked with this contagious disease is small in comparison to the amount that will be required to stay the incursions of this pestilence as it arises from the numerous cesspools throughout the city spreading along our thoroughfares into your backyards nauseating the senses. (laughs) Citizens, why invite this calamity? <laughs> oh, that last sentence
0: <laughs> uh, that last sentence, yeah, had an extra fifteen words in it that I cut yeah. out. <laughs> I was like, but it's hilarious I was like this this writing goes between way too many commas and not not com- enough commas, not enough mm-hmm. commas. Mm-hmm. yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, because this is the actual sentence. The small amount of money necessary to defray the expenses of building a suitable place for the removal of the sick attacked with this contagious disease is small in comparison to the amount that will be required to stay the incursions of this pestilence when the warm sun propagates the thriving harvest that is now almost perceptible to the touch along our thoroughfares in your backyards and nauseous to the senses arising from the numerous cesspools throughout the city. That is one (laughs) sentence.
4: (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Uh,
0: well, thank you for reading that, Stephanie, <laughs> and on sh- such short notice. Thank yeah.
1: you, Stephanie.
0: Thank you. The other thing I don't understand about that article is, so are they in the cabin now? Or are they not, these sick people? I don't know. It sounded like they were just,
3: li- like, some guy, like, went on vacation or something to go prospecting, and while he was gone, a bunch of sick people were thrown into his house. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: <laughs> what sound like to me, too. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound like they yeah. were dead. It sounded like no. they... They had broken open his house and <laughs> and put sick people in there while he was gone,
2: wow. right, and then he didn't bother to uh clear them out as they were getting better. I don't know it's odd, I don't know it's, <laughs> it's, it's, they sound like stacks of lumber piled
4: up in somebody's house very uh-huh. <laughs> um, odd. I'm incredibly worried about going on vacation now.
2: <laughs> Why? Oh, you well, think so? well, no, be listen. Vax, there'll be bodies in there? <laughs> let, let me assure you, there's no more smallpox. You're okay. <laughs> You're <welcome. laughs> thank God.
3: Not if the anti-vaxxers have anything to do with it, Maura. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in this particular case, it's definitely thanks science <laughs> mm, for that
2: one. Yes, I did look up my smallpox fun fact for you. So. Ooh. I can, you know, just, I can oh, sprinkle sorry. them in. You can ask me what you want to know.
0: <laughs> okay. You could sprinkle in the pox when you, sprinkle when it's appropriate. In. Sprinkle some pox on me. Come on. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, here's the one I'll start with just to make Mal feel better. Yeah. Smallpox was eliminated from the world in 1977. Right. Yay. Last cases in Somalia. However, here's the creepy part. It exists. Oh. It exists in stockpiles under military control in Guess what two countries? Of course, the United States and Russia. Huh. Oh,
3: they're going to throw it at each other,
2: aren't they? <laughs> well, <laughs> their logic is that it could be used as a biological warfare agent. And so they figure if they don't keep it around, they wouldn't be able to make, um, you know, stockpiles of vaccine to fight it. That's their logic. But the whole DNA of the thing has been sequenced. So you, it, to be fair, you could probably just create the virus again if you really wanted to and you knew how. Mm. So
0: In my 3D so printer? You-
4: Maybe. (laughs) It's a little teeny weeny printer. But yeah, who wants to do that,
2: really? (sighs) I don't know. A madman who wants to make a, you know, contagion. A
0: a (laughs) supervillain.
6: Yes.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it would be a devastating weapon because we haven't seen it in so long. It's not like we have a whole bunch of people floating around with a lot of natural immunity, right?
6: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm
1: Yep. Do people build up like if they have smallpox or if they are exposed to it, do they build up immunity?
2: Yeah. So it's one of those things where, much like chickenpox, um, if you get it, you are probably going to be immune for life. So, um, or if you're vaccinated for it, the vaccination does wane, but yeah, probably, you know, you're still okay. Some of us are old enough to have been vaccinated against it me yes some of them definitely are yeah so and we can can prove it because you have a little scar in your upper outer part of your arm where um because to vaccinate you they it's a bit mean they dip a needle into the um virus not the smallpox virus a, a, a different virus it's similar to it and then they poke you repeatedly with the fluid from that virus and so you actually get these little tiny blisters that form, and then when they scar over, you're left with this little scar. So everybody in a certain generation, we have this little—it's about a half a centimeter wide scar, and that's how you can identify the people that got smallpox. Yeah, Although
1: that. some people, some people had really nasty ones. With uh, with me, they did it. Obviously, did it all in one spot, mm-hmm. so just like a little spot, like you were talking about. Yeah, but I remember kids from back when. We all just took it for granted that everybody had those on their, their arms, mm-hmm. but had like four or five different ones of those all over their upper arm.
2: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. I haven't seen that.
1: Yeah. It depended wow. on, you know, the doctor and
2: who did it. And Yeah. Do you know what I was surprised by? Cause I honestly didn't know this, that, um, from that vaccination, there's actually a rare death rate from the vaccine. <laughs> Which was, it's six in a million, but still it's six in a million. Like mm-hmm. that's unusual. Um,
3: that's the same thing with every vaccine though, isn't it? Well, isn't no. an off chance that you'll be allergic to something in it.
2: Well, death rates, yeah, maybe. I don't know like if you incredibly
3: right small, but it's, it's still tiny,
2: happens. tiny, but, but it was one in 175 for getting pericarditis or myocarditis. So either an inflammation of your heart muscle or the lining around your heart, one in 175. That's not, that's not rare. I didn't realize that.
0: Now, is it also true that the government was tagging people with smallpox vaccines so that they could track them, uh, specifically FEMA, (laughs) the secret government?
2: (laughs) I think if you believe in the (laughs) X-Files,
0: it's true. And, And bees carry smallpox, right? What? No, don't don't no. bees pollinate corn no, and carry no, smallpox? No,
2: no. Again, oh, it's an alien no.
0: virus. <laughs> think, oh,
2: I, yeah! You're confusing your virus. Confusing
0: now. my, I'm confusing my intro cast.
2: Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's funny. You know what? Humans are the only natural carriers of smallpox, which is partly why we were able to get rid of it.
0: Uh, that is why,
1: if I, if my yeah. reading was correct yeah. from National Geographic back, yeah, a couple decades ago when there was a whole yeah. article on it.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. That's why it was successful. They they think they're they're trying to work on uh getting rid of measles and polio, but as we know, gee, there was an outbreak of measles recently. So mm-hmm. <laughs> guess that one's not gone. Insert anti-vax comment here. Um
6: mm. yeah. Yeah. let's not.
2: That's not. <laughs>
0: This is Episode 6 of Season 1 Plague, written by Malcolm McGrury, directed by Davis Guggenheim, original air date April 25th, 2004. It is daytime in the Black Hills. Seth Bullock is running along a trail, so immediately Matt's <laughs> prediction that there would be no Seth in this episode is rendered worthless. Yeah. <laughs> that, like within that's my- five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my first note, and I was ready to
3: write it too. I was like, All right, the episode's opening. I'm ready to write failure. <laughs> 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 and then I did. But, yeah, I didn't think they would pull a hideout Wally's from, from Twin Peaks, you know, where they follow somebody out of twi- out of the town. I thought this show would always take place within the town. I am wrong.
0: I don't know if we go too far.
3: Mm. Yeah, it
4: looked like uh, it, they were too far. Yeah. So, I don't remember if you said that this is shot on location or not, Matt.
0: It's shot in Melody Ranch in California.
4: Okay, I was wondering, because it kind of does look Californian, but the scenery was really pretty in the opening shots mm-hmm. it's really nice it's a nice
0: break to get out of the camp for a little while yeah, enjoy dirt. some
4: nature <laughs> and
0: that's what uh, seth was thinking just when his horse was shot by an arrow
4: oh <laughs> <laughs> the poor horse
0: mm. <laughs> yeah
1: did anybody notice that there was um uh, was stuff hanging on the trees native american stuff hanging on the trees and all yeah mm-hmm. yeah i did you all know the black hills are sacred right
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, nope, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, the Black Hills are considered sacred, and they use it for a lot of different ceremonies and, you know, a lot of personal religious ceremonies and stuff like that. And uh, if you go to the Black Hills and you go hiking on especially certain of the mountains there, you're told to not touch anything uh, that's been left there that's been hung from the trees or left on the rocks or anything like that. Oh, so huh. this whole thing also has a su- special significance with these guys coming in and and uh, panning for gold and stuff and putting it up this town from a religious point of view, as far as the Indians are concerned.
4: So all that stuff that was uh, set up on the trees, was that specifically funeral ceremony or was it not? not that's what no, not necessarily. So. So why did they end up? I'm skipping ahead, I know, but why Charlie does say at the end that the reason
0: why Seth was attacked is because he was interfering Mm -hmm. with the funeral for the other native man who was like up on uh, above ground and some sort of... It's
2: on the platform.
1: When did that
0: happen? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, There was... That platform was definitely a funeral
0: thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. okay. But there were other things in the trees that were just... That looked like wind
4: chimes or something. Well, they just looked
2: like they were marking the region as being... Sacred. That's how I took it.
4: So he basically encroached on on <coughs> sacred area. So mm-hmm. this guy decided to to get him. That's why. I didn't understand well, like, when they said like that. He messed up with the the natives' buddy. buddy. Yeah. Like I don't. Un- I don't remember when that happened.
2: No, I don't think he means he literally messed up with the buddy. I think it's a fact. He <laughs> excuse me. He was in the area. Okay. And in their minds, if I'm understanding Carol correctly. He shouldn't be there. Like, he's trespassing. He's, it's, it's an act of, um, not just insolence, but more than that. Yeah. So, it's, it's offensive. It's, yes, a lack of respect. It's offensive. So, I think that's why he attacked him. Okay.
1: The fact that, uh, things have not been going well and that somebody came ri- riding in with a local, we assume, local native's head, um, <laughs> swinging it around probably doesn't help. Yeah.
2: <laughs> No safety of lone
1: riders riding through sacred grounds.
2: Yeah. So,
3: what did we think of this battle? Brutal.
2: Yeah, that's the word I was going to use. Yeah, it was brutal. You know, I actually went back and counted, and Seth Bullock hits him
4: sixteen times with that rock.
1: Ooh, ow! Thank you. For a little, out. a little overkill.
2: Mm. Did
4: he? I, I was wondering, did he really need to do that? And I was like, well, maybe he did, but did he really need to hit him that many times? But I think
2: it's fear. I think to be fair, it's not that he's, he just keeps going because he was exhausted by the end. Yeah.
0: Do you think that he was also seeing Jack McCall's face? Probably. When he was bashing that rock? No. No?
2: No, I think he was scared for his life. I really do. I think it was
1: adrenaline
2: at that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've got
4: a note here that just says Seth, he's dead. Um, (laughs) Could it be a combination of just, you know, like, You have to kill this guy to protect your life, yes, and you're scared, yes, but you're also very frustrated. He
3: should be dead. So,
4: I mean... Seth
3: should be dead by all rights. I don't know why why this native...
4: Like, yeah i don't know why he like stood around and like just taunting, kept taunting him, him and no, well
0: charlie talks yeah. about that a little bit later yeah. i think we'll we'll save mm-hmm. that until okay we yeah get there. that's
4: that's pretty normal actually
0: yeah it was actually uh yeah. oh. it was addressed in the episode mm-hmm. but i wrote in my notes here that after seth grabbed the heathen's legs and forced them against the tree mm-hmm. they did the old double choke
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: no but no thumbs went in any eyes though well, this Yeah, there was no eye it's
3: gouging. It's not Game
2: of Thrones, guys.
3: <laughs> but no. that's, that's probably what would happen instead of people just trying to uh, poke each other out.
2: I was <laughs> a little confused because cause Seth tries twice. Because like, this is one, like I did watch it. I watched the episode twice. I'd like you to know I did my homework. So <laughs> he grabs his leg the first time. Seth does, I mean. And he doesn't really get anywhere with that. He gets a, kind of kicked mm-hmm. off. And it's yeah. the second time when he grabs him. And I they don't quite show it. But I guess he must have sort of climbed, like got himself up by pulling up the guy yeah and then yeah he was he climbed just, up right, him, like yeah it. climbed up him, and then uh-huh. pushed him, well, whacked him against the tree, um which would have been a pretty pretty quick move, I think, okay, looking at how Seth appeared on his horse prior to the attack, he was just kind of loping along almost like he'd only been awake for a little while, you know, I don't think he was in a um particularly frustrated frame of mind. I think he was just looking and tracking, and then this arrow came out of nowhere. And then, boom, he was into survival mode. Like, he's crouched, he's looking, he's trying to find out where the attack's going to come from. Yep. So, to me, think yeah, he was just trying to stay alive.
3: When he kept yep. going for the ankle, I assumed he was going to bite the guy in the ankle, but he never did. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to pull him down, but he was not really mm. doing anything. No, I'd I'd always, always, or, or no, actually, I thought he was going to throw dirt in his eyes because he kept grabbing fistfuls of sand. I, I was like, I why did was, you just yeah. throw I sand? I he was going to do that, too, at first.
2: But I think he was a bit stunned. He'd been whacked in the head. I mean, yeah. he, was, he took him. A, I think it took him a few seconds to regain his um, orientation.
0: Hell yeah. The funniest bit is when he gets up and he starts to walk away. <gasps> and then he's like, yeah. oh, no, I can't. Bye, oh. goodnight. That had to be a
2: stuntman <laughs> who did that fall. That, <laughs> was, that, looked so, like, that was a rock hard fall. <laughs> that looked a bit <laughs> yeah. tough. Yeah. Uh,
0: brutal fight, but kind of funny at the end. Mm. Darkly funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the gym saloon, Merrick has rediscovered alcohol, and he doesn't know why he ever stopped. Oh, <laughs> the doc comes in. There's a sick person in one of the whoring rooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Bella Union, Joni introduces herself to Ellsworth and then takes him over to the craps table. This is when Joey, who looks like Will Forte, <laughs> or Will Forte's younger brother, staggers in.
2: He didn't make it to
0: Nebraska. <laughs> he got sick in Buffalo Gap. Eddie thinks that maybe Joey caught whatever Andy Cramed had inside Compliments and Eddie and being also very clever.
2: <laughs> and sadly, most of all, he didn't even lose his virginity. Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah, he jumped at the chance to have Nebraska pussy. But then he didn't make it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So He's
3: is Joni's not, she doesn't sell herself, does she?
2: Uh, I think not currently.
3: <laughs> yeah. And this,
6: and this I think she's
2: more, the, she's more the madam, but she also sets up the gamblers to be fleeced by yeah. cheating methods. Yeah, that's
0: well, Sai tells her later that <laughs> she she's basically kept around for the atmosphere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm supposed if some person with a lot of money came in and wanted to buy Joni for a night, Sai would loan her out.
4: Oh, sure. <laughs> I was just wondering if she was too fancy for all the the regular folk around here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she seems like cuz when she approaches uh what's his name again? Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's like taken aback, you know, he's not sure what he should be doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, you he mean, doesn't look comfortable. He's used to dealing with the gem
1: women. Yeah. Yeah, and she does seem like totally out of his league.
5: Yeah.
0: Back at the gym, Al wants Eb to tell Trixie that she's needed over at the saloon. Then, when he's alone with Alma, to make the offer regarding the gold claim. <laughs> Eb mumbles that something strange is going on in that hotel room.
3: <laughs> I don't know if that like he's just talking to himself all the time now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. it makes him seem which I kind of like. Cause yeah. I
3: guess little... he's not completely crazy until he starts re- answering himself, talking to himself and then replying to himself. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: that doesn't make you crazy.
2: No? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that doesn't make you crazy.
2: You could just be whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, that's what we call it, whimsical,
6: uh-huh.
2: The first time we saw Evie doing that was when he was cleaning the blood off the floor, wasn't it? Yeah. And right. now it seems to be his habit. hmm <laughs> You know when everybody's
1: been talking Shakespeare and everything I must admit when he when he was walking across the street talking to himself he he really did remind me of mm. any number of mm-hmm. Shakespeare's clowns or comic relief characters like the um the gatekeeper in Macbeth and stuff like that and
0: mm. mm. I've heard him compared to Falstaff
2: yeah mm. yeah eh. Well, in terms of his um, modus operandi, <laughs> you mean just, just he's an operator and stuff. Well, just how he, yeah, the chatting, the asides, and all that stuff. I guess, yeah,
0: comedic asides provides a little levity, I guess.
1: He's the the reason I'm pausing about the Falstaff thing. You're right about as far as the asides and and things like that. But I guess Falstaff to me is a little bit more of a an openly comic sort of character, whereas he's he's almost not a comic character. I mean, the things he's saying aren't really exactly funny or anything, but there's still like a break in, in the tone. Yes. Tone mm-hmm. is different from what's mm-hmm. going on. So what he's saying isn't really funny or anything, but it's, it, it introduces a different tone and kind of gives you a little
2: relief from what has been going on.
0: I find him funny though.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say there's something he says today that I thought was quite quotable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> we uh, can save that for later.
0: <laughs> well, let's just go back briefly, back to the into the gem, to say that Doc informs Al that, that the John upstairs has smallpox, and his wasn't the first joint that was struck by the pox. Mm. And Al glares because he's indignant that no one told him about this.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, should he be surprised, though? Because, you know, nobody wants to draw the wrath of Al towards them. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he's established
1: a relationship with Psy, and Psy is the one that didn't tell him. Yeah. So he has every right to be, I mean, he's looking at it as he's been king of this, of this domain. Yes. Psy has come in, and now he's kind of got a co-king, and co-king didn't tell him what was going on.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's a lack of respect for, for Al.
2: Hell, co-king didn't even tell his local henchman what was going on.
1: Well, you don't bother with henchmen, necessarily, but...
2: uh... No, but I was thinking more of, like, he didn't tell Joni. he didn't tell... Who's the guy that, you know, runs the craps table? That guy?
0: Eddie.
2: Eddie, thank you. Anyway, he didn't, you know what I mean, he didn't really tell any of his supposed confidants. Well, Cy
0: didn't want to raise the alarm bells. Alarm bells, yeah. But he probably should have told Al, since Al is the senior member of the community.
1: Yeah, Al might agree that you don't tell your... The underlings, yeah. The underlings, but you do tell the other... Mm -hmm person who is in charge
0: I think this was just a Psy power play he yeah. wanted to be seen as the savior of the camp like he took care of the, the plague before anyone even knew that it was there <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> or he's just naive and thought there weren't going to be other cases I don't know I don't know
1: I think Psy was just used to doing everything himself and mm. thought he could sweep it under the rug
2: plus I mean, I'm sure he doesn't want to be accountable to anybody else
1: yeah yeah right? I think he thinks of himself as a
0: one man bat. E B walks through the quagmire of piss and bullshit, performing a <laughs> mini soliloquy about how he is the billiard ball and Al is the Q. <laughs> William Sanderson says They say this Farnum's a weasel or a sycophant. David Milch calls him a buffoon, and that's all right with me. Everybody hates my character, so they treat me like I'm contagious or infectious on the set. I can't allow myself to think everybody hates me. I don't think Farnum's Pure is the falling rain. I'm not I'm not that out of touch. What's good about him? That he survived this long in a town where brute force is the main thing. He's still alive. He's got some very strong friends. It's a miracle that he has a hotel. Farnham, he's smart, but it would have been nice if he was intelligent. He's not (laughs) as smart as he thinks he is. Farnham has a lot of self-doubts, and that's no problem for me to play. He's scamming and trying to make money. He's greedy. He likes Al. It's unrequited love.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's a bromance. It's a one-sided bromance. (laughs)
1: What I was trying to say before, the difference it's that he's when I say he's not funny, it's like he's not a charming, jovial character making jokes ah uh, yeah no he's, he's a not a character who's <laughs> complaining about his lot in life he was complaining when he was rubbing the the blood off the thing, <laughs> complaining about you know al, tre- how al he's complaining about how Al treats him.
2: Yeah, he's being ill-used. He's definitely a
0: character we laugh at, not with.
2: Yeah.
0: E.B. goes into the hotel and knocks at Alma's door. He tells Trixie that Al wants to see her. Trixie (laughs) says she'll be there when she gets there. (laughs) And look, her bruise is, like, all the way gone. It only took five episodes.
1: She's (laughs) looking (laughs) better than she's looked all the series.
0: Yeah, she's looking... Well, she's a beautiful actress, and she's finally looking... Well, less beaten
2: down. Yeah, <laughs> she looks respectable.
0: Yes,
4: she's yeah, a she doesn't patient. look like a crack whore anymore.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, she's actually really, she's actually pretty. Yeah, she could pass for a lady. Yeah,
0: Elma does not look very pretty. She's not hunky dory. <laughs> no. She's in the throes of withdrawal. She's sweating and yeah. pain. She's
4: just—it's
0: <laughs> not pretty. I
3: expected somebody. I expected uh, somebody to assume she had the pox. <laughs> <That's> the <word. laughs> mm. Jesus.
4: Do you get horny when you have the
3: pox? <laughs> no, not that. Just how she was all like, uh... She was all no, sweaty.
2: And this is Mal, you're getting confused. This is not the scene with the horny. <laughs> I
4: know, I know. I'm not making a
0: point. Well, the <laughs> only person who's, other than Trixie, who's seen Alma like this is EB, and he doesn't know that there's smallpox in the camp yet, so he would not have thought that that's what she had. Oh, I-, I mean, maybe he could have guessed, oh, maybe it's smallpox, but he doesn't really have any reason to, versus some other kind of illness.
4: She probably doesn't know that, the, the, that smallpox is going around either, so... Mm-hmm. And I'm sure EB has seen lots of drug withdrawal.
1: Probably a lot more drug withdrawal than smallpox.
0: So Al and the Doc enter the Bella Union. Al, Al demands to know, what about the vaccine? Cy disapproves of Al's accusatory mm-hmm. tone. Mm-hmm. Cy takes Doc and Al to the back. Meanwhile, Ellsworth is winning, in quotation marks, at craps. I put it in quotation marks because I don't know if he's winning or if they're <laughs>
2: That's scamming a loaded him. dice, yeah. 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 I think it's, it's a loaded dice to soften him up.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Any other thoughts about Al and Sai in this scene?
2: There'd be trouble
1: brewing between those two. Yep.
3: They were all uh, cordial last episode.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're working together, but it's like two vipers working together. hmm
0: E B enters Alma's room, it's laundry day. He gets all up in her face and asks if she's ill. She tells him to leave the linens and go. Like right up in her face.
4: But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. Oh, some- yeah, I
1: thought him coming into her room uninvited mm. was pretty edgy on his part.
2: Yeah, it's pretty bold. That's a big breach of protocol.
3: Yeah, I didn't like him being like a snivelling toady in this episode. I know he's always been a
0: sniveling toady. <laughs> <laughs> He seemed much more like a sniveling
3: toad. He
4: just to seemed grosser, just because he was. He kept coming in her room. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. Trixie
0: not put the Do Not Disturb sign on the door?
4: <laughs> well, obviously, there's uh, too many keys going around. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> well, it's his, it's his hotel. So I you know, I don't like it. I don't like it.
0: At the Bella Union, Will Forte is shaking on the bed. <laughs> Al wants to call a meeting. That's all that happens there.
2: Although I think I have to put in a little little kudos for Doc Cochran and how he assesses his patient, because I think he's pretty brave to get his face so close to these guys full of pestilence.
3: <laughs> Maybe he's been exposed before, and he's. I, can, you get, can you build? Yeah, up- yeah, yeah. I
2: think he probably has been. Yeah, I bet you you're right. He probably knows he can't catch it or something. I get the
1: feeling he's been exposed to everything there is
2: out
1: there. <laughs> and he may or may not be immune at this point. But I get the feeling that he's just taking that on as the risk of doing business.
4: I bet, I bet she's got an excellent immune system. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> A man walks by Jane and gives her the stank eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she glares back. This could be my favorite throwaway moment of the whole episode. It's just so <laughs> random, but I love it so much.
3: <laughs> just her like judging his face.
0: Yeah, he he it's stares exactly at her harsh. and she stares back. <laughs> and she's like, if I were that ugly, I wouldn't be staring at other people. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't even sure if she was at the right address here. Yeah, yeah. It's just because it looked like it said rooms for rent. And I was like, what? Does, do people stay at the doctor's office? I don't understand. Or is it just that the buildings are really close together?
1: I think the buildings are really close together. I think that's for next door. But the way she played this was very confusing for me. I don't know why. Whether how, how do I you mean... Well, I mean, I was like, okay. I think because they came at it from a different angle, I wasn't sure whether where she was.
3: Yeah, it was like a straight-on angle, and we haven't seen that. Yeah. In yeah.
6: Office.
1: And
3: different,
6: I, I mean,
1: yeah. And part of me thought, okay, so is the camp changing a lot? Which would make sense that we're seeing changes happening and all, but you know, she knocked, and then when the door was open, she. <laughs> She acted like she like, was startled, yeah, she was startled and, and mm. like embarrassed or something, or yeah, like, it's
2: like she feels like she has no right to be there, yeah, it was, and I don't know if that's because she's just come back from this two day bender, and she feels somewhat uh embarrassed about that. Like, self-conscious? She
4: probably, she probably knows what the doctor will say about that. Yeah, I get that
2: impression. You know, she's just, um, she's worried about it. Suddenly she's worried about everything. And the funny part is, is she's standing there saying, all right, I'm just gonna, gonna go in and wait. And if you look at the faces on the street, no one's even paying attention to her. Like, yeah. nobody cares, Jane. Look on her face. It was weird. I almost got the
1: feeling it was the kind of face that somebody might have if they
2: unexpectedly
1: saw someone naked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah or 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 you know caught with your hand in the cookie jar that kind yeah. of yeah. yeah a bit
4: yeah
0: <laughs> she calls Doc's cabin a sorry looking cabin even in this shithole camp
4: I like the Doc's cabin I think it's one of the nicer ones <laughs> you
2: know I don't know why she felt the need to insult it it's better than a tent
4: it's nice mm-hmm. it's rustic but I like it it's yeah I was at
1: first, I thought she was referring to something being built there. Mm. Like, that somebody was building a cabin, you know, there. And then, I don't know, I just, this this scene was a little confusing. It was kind of, uh, for me anyway. Yeah. Maybe I was taking notes at the wrong time or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we know she's drunk in this scene, so I wouldn't expect her to make any kind of real sense. I think she feels guilty about abandoning the girl.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: And she's yeah. saying what other people... She feels like other people are thinking about her.
2: Yeah. She's but they're project- not. She's projecting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. As
2: they say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: At the gem, Al tells Johnny to acquire some fruit for the get-together.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so this made you me giggle know? because it's like, oh, is that the classy thing we do? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's and the classy fruit, thing that's we do. like the most elegant thing they can do in Deadwood. I suppose it is. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was funny. That's hilarious. And hopefully it's
0: not too spoilery to say that this be- becomes kind of like a running gag on the show where whenever they have a town meeting, Johnny thinks he has to get fruit. So there's always fruit.
3: I am
4: so excited for this now. <laughs> uh, uh. At first
0: I thought he was
3: just getting fruit so everybody would have, like, better immune systems or something. <laughs>
2: No, it's an elegant party. And, and I like when Dan says, to me, yeah, now's not a good time to ask him to clarify, like, you know, how much fruit you need or you know, however you said that. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, <laughs> having,
3: they're having this meeting in the 20 or 20th or 21st century. They'd be like, go uh, bring, bring forth the ho-hos and stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> go to Timmy's and get the Timbits or something.
0: <laughs> in fact, in the stories of the Black Hills, David Milch writes... Now it happens that Schweringingen remembers that food was served at a meeting he once saw he no! has some canned peaches, so he puts peaches out on the table and in an electrical force field created with that meeting, the presence of peaches has a significance as a gesture that it's a uh <clears throat> the classy thing to do
2: mm-hmm.
4: Sorry now I'm just picturing a meeting with like a canned <laughs> peaches stacked like a pyramid <laughs> in the middle of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Or like just somebody bringing a basket to someone instead of fruits, a bunch of cans of peaches.
0: So he, he calls a meeting and everybody brings the peaches because I thought it was my job to be bring the peaches. I thought it was my job to bring the peaches. Uh,
2: you got you brought peaches too? Oh, just put them in the pile
0: no. and there's a shot of a giant pile of canned peaches. Someone
2: comes in with grapes and all hell break loose.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fruit fight. Mm-hmm.
0: Upstairs, Trixie is waiting for Al. She tells him that she gives the dope to Alma regular, but Alma takes it where the child can't see it. She's not sure if Alma is high or not because she's never seen a rich person high. <laughs> oh, that's,
1: so that's Al... lame.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Al gives her more dope and says to make sure Alma takes it, and the only suspicion she should be worried about arousing is his.
4: I like how sneaky Trixie is, though, in the scene. Mm-hmm. I
2: like the way the camera shows her sort of playing with her little uh, purse, you know her yes. little string purse and in, in a nervous way, but I'm not convinced that Al notices that. Yeah. Mm. I think Trixie's um yeah, spoiler alert, Trixie's one of my favorite characters, but <laughs> and you're starting to see why because that woman has a head on her shoulders. And I think yeah. given how dangerous we know Al is, mm-hmm. she uh, comports herself remarkably well. And mm-hmm. remarkably calmly. I don't know how calm I'd be if Al Shwe- Swearengen was suspicious of me. So Trixie's got some gumption, I
3: think. She's got to have some sort of power over him to not not have been killed <laughs> by now.
2: Well, I don't know if it's power over him, or if it's more what we saw in the you know the foot the foot clearing cleaning episode um, that they just seem to have some kind of relationship. He trusts her to some degree. Mm. I mean, he wouldn't have given this job to go and babysit Alma and the child to any of the other girls there.
0: Well, Clearly she's more intelligent exactly. than, say, Dolly. For
2: example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's uh, quite, Trixie's she's another
0: like, is a favorite character of mine as well and mm-hmm. it's interesting how it takes five or six episodes before mm-hmm. she actually gets her character. Yep. But now she's just going to town.
2: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta have respect for Trixie. I mean, she's... Dal's a scary guy, and mm-hmm. right from the get-go, she has been ready to defy him, ready to sneak around him, you know, has played him sometimes, I mean, right in his own house, mm-hmm. like she is now.
0: Got some background information on Trixie, and this from uh, this quote from David Milch answers one of the questions we had about the pilot. Trixie is as close as you can get to having your humanity denied by everyone around you and still be recognized as a human being. Her original sin in the very first episode is that while this guy was beating her and fucking her at the same time, she let him go to sleep after he came. The instant that she was of no use to him, he accuses her of taking his money. Al begins to strangle her. She finally says, I'll be good, but she can barely say it. She's even lost her voice. Trixie becomes so degraded that she cannot even conceive of revenge. When she comes to kill Swearingen, she puts the gun on the nightstand, takes her clothes off, and climbs into bed with him, puts her head on his chest. In addition to being degraded as a whore, Trixie was also a junkie, so Trixie may have gone to see Alma thinking she was going to betray her, or thinking, first I'll get her, and then I'll betray her. To the extent that Trixie is no longer a whore for Swearingen, she becomes a spy. She spies on Alma, and she spies for Alma, and protects her because of her desire to help a fellow junkie in need. Hmm. So two things out of that. The first is that David Milch confirms that the original intention was that she was going to try to shoot Al, mm-hmm. but she was so degraded that she couldn't follow through.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the second thing is that she's helping Alma because she sees herself in Alma.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Did he say she's no longer a
4: whore?
2: Well, she's no longer acting as a whore right this minute. She's, yeah. you know, Alma's uh, caregiver, really.
4: So- kind
2: of a
0: babysitter. Yeah. yeah. She's actually out in the camp. And in the yeah, last exactly. episode she yeah. was, when Al came upon her staring at the window and he asks her what she sees and she says something like, anything I can. Now she's been being given free reign to leave the, the gem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Downstairs Al tells EB to report back to him on Trixie that this is when a whore goes into distress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking plague. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everything is about inconvenience to Al.
0: <laughs> yes. Ugh, what now? Yep. The squarehead girl is singing Row, Row, Row Your Bow Gently <laughs> Down the Steam. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: Trixie tells Alma that to buy time to get well, she has to fake being high the next time she's alone with E.B. I
1: thought it was an interesting little. When she said you had plenty of practice at that.
6: Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. Um, my immediate reaction was like okay one junkie to another saying hey you're a junkie so you know how to do this and then the other then later i was like well wait a minute was she saying to her that you had plenty of practice on pretending to be hot
2: no i don't think so i no, think it's I the, think the it. former i think it's just you've done this before you know how it yeah. feels to be high just fake it
1: yeah. yeah and that was my first thought but then later it was like okay because trixie does a lot of pretending in her life, and maybe she was recognizing that Alma's done a lot of pretending in her life as well. Um, which I'm sure she has.
2: Yeah, but I don't think Trixie was around Alma really all that much to have yeah. made that kind of observation. Plus, I don't think Alma was faking the times we've seen her. She, yeah. she was into that laudanum. Oh, on yeah, a Regular she basis. <laughs> she yeah. was.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we oh, she- should have done a laudanum count.
3: Glad Al's talking to didn't change Trixie's mind about helping Alma.
1: Mm, Yeah, Yeah. I get the feeling it's really hard to change Trixie's mind. Mm. She seems like one of the more um, headstrong, (laughs) independent thinkers. Yeah, in the whole place, even though she covers it up a lot.
0: Do we want to take bets on what episode the girl finally gets an actual name? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think her name will be? I think it's going to be Kremlorn Swath of the Death Walk Clan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it could be old. <laughs> yes, it could. Well... Uh, Intro cast spells.
3: uh <laughs> Are they going to find out her actual name or are they just going to dub her something?
1: I mean, she's old enough to know her own name. Mm-hmm. But people did dub kids... Or adults mm-hmm. or anything else with names
3: back then, a lot.
2: But yeah, I'm, especially when they adopted them, they just changed their name completely.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, going to say season two, episode one, is when she gets her <laughs> Okay.
4: <laughs> I say, yes, I say it's going to be a, a cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> the last episode of season one, we're going to be like, your name shall be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> then, it, then it cuts to black.
4: And then, and then you, you have to wait. A
3: whole year. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Damn it, what's her name? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then they come back in season two a year later. Kreb Lawrence Watt, but the- <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a whore is crying. She didn't have sex with the sick John, but she mugged it up with him. Her mm-hmm. mom died of smallpox when they was coming out west, and that's when daddy gave him up. Al says maybe prior exposure means she's no longer a candidate for the plague. She can stick to handjobs for a day or two. <laughs> So, so generous.
4: So generous. So nice. Um, What is French lock? Is it like French kiss?
0: I think it's French kissing. Yes.
4: Yeah, I think so too. I just like this old timey speak. Mm-hmm. lock. <laughs> Sorry. It's funny. Mugging up. Mugging up. <laughs> what is mugging up? It's
3: kissing. Just
4: kissing, kiss- I would think.
3: They're putting their, their two mugs together.
4: Oh.
2: Oh. It's okay. It took me a minute to figure that one out too. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. Plus, I thought, I thought he, I didn't think he said, what did you say, French lock? I thought he said French fuck. I'm like, is that something <laughs> I've never heard of? <laughs> is this something fuck. I missed in my education? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe the cast gang will tell me. <laughs> 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 oh, I feel so much better now. <laughs> oh, you've got that weight
4: off your chest. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, I actually thought Al showed, uh in his own way, some remarkable <laughs> compassion here, and his intelligence of course, because for him to even think oh, you're probably exposed, you're probably fine, like to make mm-hmm. her feel better. I mean, granted that's in his best interest, I understand that. But for him to then say, I'm going to let you off the hook by letting you do hand jobs," is actually kind. He well, to that.
1: I think he was also in his own way trying not to spread the plague in case she had it. Oh, that could be. Rather than having her exchanging bodily fluids with the uh, with people, till well, he was sure that whether she had it or not.
0: Except that he would tell that to all the horrors. Stick to hand jobs yeah. if he was if he cared that much.
1: But Somebody the start. others weren't necessarily um, exposed.
2: Well, I don't mm, think they're okay. actually contagious till you get sick. So at this point, I don't think she's. Mind you, they wouldn't know that. But anyway.
1: Yeah, because I read something about smallpox that, and tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's quite a long time between exposure and.
2: Control. Yeah when yeah. the
1: symptoms show up, right? Yeah, the
2: incubation period is um anywhere from 7 to 17 days. It's a long time. So, 12 days is average, almost two weeks. Um, mm. And then it's spread by um saliva, like by water droplets. So, part of the symptoms is they get a cough and, you know, we've seen them with the high fever and the terrible muscle aches and muscle spasms. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, she, you know, so she's not actually ill yet. So, she's Fine. At one point, doesn't the doc says at the meeting something about he thinks it's spread by rats? Like that's where their heads are at. They just don't know any better. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, isn't he trying to cover the fact that Psy
2: covered up the one thing? No, I think he honestly thinks that rats are what causes it because they yeah,
0: actually d- Al. That's what Al suggests, but Doc corrects him. This is straight from the transcript. Al says, "Okay, well, first he says peaches and pears on the fucking bars, spoon it out amongst yourselves." <laughs> <laughs> First things to say, plagues are in the fucking camp. Doc says, smallpox. Right. Plague is spread by rats.
2: Oh, is that what he said? Doc said that? Yeah. I thought, because I must have misheard it. Oh, isn't that funny? I thought he said, no, I can't find it. Oh, it, I thought he said, it's like is spread by rat. That's mm. what I thought he said. Not, I thought he it's possible
0: it, that the transcript is wrong.
2: Oh, it's like is spread by rats, meaning he was thinking, we think it's spread by rat.
0: I
3: took it that the doc was correcting
0: him and saying that. The because the next line that they have here, Al says, well, I was raised calling it plague.
2: Well, he was comparing that to a plague, like a biblical plague of rats, I think. I it think they're talking
0: about the, the
4: Black, black Plague.
2: Yeah, the Black Plague?
4: Probably. Black Death. Yeah.
2: No, anyway. Point is, I don't think they, well, other than getting coughed on, I don't think they realize quite exactly how it works. <laughs> mm.
1: Not surprising.
2: No, they didn't know a whole lot back then.
0: No. Trixie has sheets for EB. They got sick on them. He sends her to woo. In the thoroughfare, Saul asks Trixie if Alma is receiving yet. Trixie changes the subject. How's the hardware business going? <laughs> he answers, brisk! And then he gives a goofy smile as she walks away.
4: If she's receiving, like, what, as a whore? Vis- visitors. Visitors. no, no yeah. if Alma's receiving visitors. Oh, the- Alma. Oh. yeah. yeah that's uh, regarding a-
0: that, that claim, oh. he's going to talk to mm-hmm. Alma about the claim because Seth is uh, out of town.
4: Uh, I see. Okay,
1: sorry. Yep. Receiving was a shorthand for receiving Mm -hmm.
2: visitors.
0: Yes. Paula Mackelson, who plays Trixie, says, I grew up in Belfast during the hunger strikes, which was a crazy time over there. There was this constant, palpable energy in the city. A quiet thing that would happen before things would go on. You just have an awareness, you know, a different set of eyes. So I felt like I knew Trixie's voice instantly. Playing a whore, you're treated like one. In the first season, I think all the women in the show were really grasping to be heard. I think that was exactly how it felt to be a woman back then.
2: Mm. I'd say you've got that right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Women didn't have a voice.
1: And you do get that <laughs> feeling, or at least I do, mm. uh, that feeling that they, they're trying to make a place for themselves in this world against a lot of be- big odds.
2: <laughs> and even Alma, who is, by all definitions, you know, a refined lady – is not treated as if she has any mind of her own, right? Oh, She's no. treated as someone to be completely manipulated, and and she doesn't have a right as a woman. She doesn't have a right to the claim on her own. Isn't that how it works legally? Uh, I- Isn't there something about that?
3: No, I don't think so because they keep trying to get her to sell it.
2: If she so since a widow, I think she does. She does. If but if she were a woman of her own right, I don't think she could have a claim, right? No,
1: no. You'd hmm. have to get it, married to have it, any kind of. I don't know that she could make a claim, mm-hmm. but I think she can inherit one. Okay. On the other hand, if she had any male relatives, they
2: but, would be able to usurp her claim. So if she'd had like a brother or something, or if her her husband had a brother, then he'd take the claim, probably. I'm,
1: I'm not sure, but there's a whole there's a whole thing of once your husband's dead, it's actually you're a little freer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh watch out Matt Uh no we're not living in those times
1: (laughs) put the knife down I'm I'm not a lawyer to say the least or a historian but um, my understanding is let's say the claim had been her father's Mm -hmm. she had inherited it and married then her husband would have had Right. Ownership of that claim. Okay,
2: that's probably what I'm thinking and of. And so. if she
1: wanted to sell it or something, she would have needed her his permission, his permission to sell it.
2: Yes, right.
1: But since he's dead and she's the widow, then she inherits everything. Okay. So and, that's why they want
2: her to sign but, away the rights.
1: But the idea that, you know, she actually will have a mind is not something that they... No, yeah. hasn't even occurred to them. No. Yeah.
4: Kind of was had that feeling of the the women are powerless more in the the Sai and Joni scene later on. You know when he kind of threatens her. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I yeah. I thought that was really really strongly uh, demonstrated in that.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: That was a complicated scene. That was there were a lot of layers going on there. Mm-hmm.
0: I found an article from History dot com, the History Channel's website. Back from seventeen seventy seven where Georgia was the first state to change its constitution to abolish inheritance practices of primogeniture and entail. Oh. Which is the states go to the male heir.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Hmm.
0: So sorry,
2: and what year is this again? Seventeen
0: seventy seven.
2: This oh, is eighteen
0: seventy six. Wow. So you would wow. think, you know, nearly a hundred years later. Laws of primogeniture would be like gone. Gone. So there would there should be no issue with Alma having the property, the okay. claim. Not like uh for more about this, go watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
6: That's what I was yeah. About too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, also,
1: they and, think-
0: and then you'll find out why Lady Mar- Mary has to marry Cousin Matthew. Yes. yes. <laughs> or she loses the entail. She does. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it also, it depends. I mean, with Downton Abbey and stuff, you're talking about nobility and estates and all of that, as opposed to, you know, just family stuff. I mean, you figure in the 1980s, I believe, my mother still needed a signature from her
2: husband in Oklahoma to uh, sell stuff. To Well, I mean, if you had joint ownership of a house, yeah, but... No, to
1: sell her inheritance in
2: Oklahoma. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. That's pretty backward.
1: (laughs) I mean, it may have... If she didn't require it, she knew that then the law had just been changed or something. You know, it was one of those things where she was having to look into it because there were laws on the books well into the 20th century. Having to do with that. I mean, that was one of the things that the women's women's movement in the 60s and 70s was dealing with. There was still a lot of restrictions on women.
2: Anyway, so Alma has the right to the property, but no one thinks she has a brain. That's our conclusion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Wow. Well, no one expects her to have a brain or yeah. to have independent thought.
2: Yes.
0: Doc goes into his cabin and is startled by Jane. She inquires <laughs> if he has soiled himself. <laughs> I thought this, was pretty cool. this is my favorite scene of the episode. I want to say it's just yeah. hilarious. Doc tells her that Alma and Trixie are looking after the Squarehead Girl, Kremler and Swath. The Doc <laughs> has other concerns, and Jane is like, "What smallpox? Whatevs."
4: I'm expecting you to bring that up again
0: (laughs) Doc remarks that Jane is remarkably well for being around a sick feller and Jane threatens to lay him out just as soon as look at him and also ain't he a wise fucking owl (laughs) Doc asks for her help with the sick but she says her best friend died and he points out well he ain't coming back so are you gonna help or not
2: and mm. we I like- I find out that uh, that Andy got better. Yep. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: And where is he?
0: <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like Andy's getting better, but uh, Will Forte is getting worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, I I had this funny feeling that he probably didn't feel like he should come back to town
4: yeah. after Still being so- dumped in the woods. <laughs> uh, not a good idea.
1: I'm
3: just gonna uh-huh. live in the woods now.
4: <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Live the off the land. My, yeah, the pick up. The
0: <laughs> so they go out into the woods. Where's Andy? And you hear this voice. Up here. Hey. And they all look up and he's like in a treehouse.
2: Hey, guys. I'm in, come on up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Robinson. So. I like in this scene the way, uh, Doc and Jane square off against each other. They both have a an odd way of speaking. They almost shout at each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The whole time. But they get each other too. He says a line about this is isn't this where he offer he wants her to, to uh help him with the sick? Is this the yep. right That's the one? And he says something about well, you can do your drinking in your off hours the way I do. Oh <laughs>
4: uh, yes. That's awesome. I know. Yeah. That was one of my quotes. Yeah. Yes. Is, is he gonna pay her
3: for helping or what?
4: I don't oh, think dear.
3: so. No. no.
2: He's looking for yeah. oh,
4: she's been voluntold.
3: <laughs> yeah. You can drink on your <laughs> You can drink on your off hours from the job that you have that I'm not going to pay you for.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he'll buy her a couple drinks,
2: though. (laughs) Maybe, and probably get get her some, maybe some peaches. Peaches and
0: peaches. Yeah, (laughs) I can just see them giving away peaches as, like, gifts for, like, the next five years. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh! Peaches, yay.
4: They just have an excessive amount of peaches (laughs) in the back room. You think, Jane... (laughs) Do you think
1: she's looking for a a physical fight, or is she just looking for a, a verbal fight all the time?
3: Yeah, she 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 confronts – well, I think we've seen her confront several people in the series so far, and I've, she's never thrown a punch. I keep expecting her to throw a punch. I'm like, now's going to be the time.
1: Bill indicated that she is physically violent uh, way back when she – The first pilot into-
2: episode, Yeah,
1: yeah. But But did he say
0: that for her benefit? He says, "I know your canvassing techniques," is what what he says. Mm -hmm. Could that just be, "Hey, I know you're a a rough, tough customer"?
1: Yeah, to
2: kind of to kind of soothe her. Could be. I feel like a lot of it's show
4: time, but
0: it's very much bluster.
4: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of it's to protect herself.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think so too.
0: And she knows she can project that onto onto the doc because he's a good guy and he's you know sympathetic to her. So he's not going to retaliate. Yeah. So he's kind of like he lets himself be her punching bag.
2: Mhm. But he also calls her on her stuff, you know. Yeah, he, he you does. Know, he, which is good. Like he and he makes her realize when he says, you know, you have a gift, he's being sincere. And Jane needs to ponder that a bit. I don't think she thinks of herself that way, you know. He <laughs> sees her a different way than she sees herself.
0: This is the same relationship she has with Charlie. Mhm. Yep. The push and pull. She can call him a sore asshole and badmouth him all, all, I don't know, all she wants, but then then she'll go in for the hug.
2: Yeah, exactly. The doctor
1: doesn't take it as personally as Charlie.
2: No, he doesn't. He knows, it's like he's got her pegged. He knows what he's dealing with.
1: Yeah, he just kind of ignores how she's saying everything and just just goes.
2: Well, and he calls her, like when she's, um, casting aspersions on Trixie, and he's just like, who are you to talk, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the local drunk. Like, why are you looking down your nose at a whore? And, uh, yeah, the, the doc is, um, he is, he's very good. He treat, he really does treat all of his patients, you know, whether they're the whores or the Almas. He just kind of does what he needs to do for everybody.
4: I wish he was my yeah. doctor. Like, But I wish with the knowledge of now. <laughs> and, and, less, and maybe less
2: drunk, maybe less of a drunk. A Think about it, he's really quite skilled. I mean, he does yeah. infectious diseases. The top, yeah. He does the, the version of being the post-mortems, you know, on the dead bodies to determine cause of death. So he's like the ME. He deals with um obigyne issues. <laughs> he, you know, he deals with broken things, I'm sure, and... Things and seizures. Later in the episode, we see him deal with a seizure. So, you know, pharmacology. Don't forget pharmacology. Yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah, he compounds his own medicines. It's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, it's
7: yep.
0: Some. Eb enters Alma's room. She pretends to be high.
4: I love this scene. <laughs> I basically was like, I wrote in all caps. Ugh, Farnum. <laughs> it just grosses me out. Oh, so much.
0: yeah. And on some level and Swath understands that Eb is a weasel, and that Alma and Trixie are getting something over on him because she, she smiles like he he he. Good, Good job, got, Alma. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Good
2: job. Good job, she's Alma.
4: A little kid. Yeah. Did anybody else find her her speaking voice strange? Maybe it's just because we haven't heard her speak before, but it just sounded abnormally too little girlish. It almost sounded fake to me. <laughs> It's just probably just because or... we
3: haven't heard her speak Maybe. at all, and now she's doing full sentences. But now
4: she just, she just sounds like this. I don't know, she just, <laughs> it's like kind of exaggerated little girl.
2: Maybe that's, that's her, her version of amorous, I don't know. <laughs> I guess if you haven't
0: spoken in a very long time, it feels unfamiliar to you, and you, every word comes out slow and awkward. Also, it's English, and she's, that's not her native language, so.
4: It's true, but it's just the sound of her voice sounded strange <laughs> to me, but I don't know. <laughs> Yes, Alma, pretending to be mm-hmm. all p- bothered. <laughs> so, that's so
2: funny, and she looks so unappealing. I'm sorry, because
0: God, she's all sweaty and gross,
3: sweaty and
2: drippy. It's just not sexy. It's not good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, but she does a good job, you know, being fake high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: She was just enough over the top. You know, she was a little yeah. over the top on it yeah. to yeah. scare him away
2: too quickly. He was very uncomfortable, which is smart.
4: Yeah,
0: and later on, he says that uh, Trixie really gave her a dose.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do want to ask a question about uh, about yeah. no about when you come off of drugs. Yeah, I'm not sure how people
0: detoxing.
3: Yeah,
4: like I'm not even exactly sure how people feel exactly. Like I see that she's sweaty and uncomfortable, but
3: can you relate like, it to a sickness
4: of yeah, any kind? Like how does that feel? I don't It's know. like
2: um. Uh, okay, you know, if you have you f- had a bad flu?
4: Yeah. Like
2: early bad, like an influenza type flu? Or even stomach flu, where you have terrible bowel cramps, you're running to the jaw every, you know, one minute, and you get more and more exhausted. And then imagine that with pain and sweats and nausea and some shaking, and you're weak as a
4: kitten. Mm. So your That's- body really revolts against you. Oh,
2: it's not happy. It is so missing its opiates, it is not happy. Yeah, it's really miserable. People really do feel like they—they they think they're dying. They wow. feel like they're dying.
3: Do people actually see babies crawling on the ceiling, like in Train Spotting?
2: <laughs> no, you know that's, no. they don't usually hallucinate. <laughs> that's all lies. Um, but they just feel just like a, a wet dish rag, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was alcoholism
1: detox. Was, no,
2: narcotic was, one. Was- uh, it was the the, the um, yeah, the visions and the hallucinations is more alcohol. You're right. And they can die from alcohol in, yeah. uh, withdrawal, right? But from opiate withdrawal, you don't die, but you just feel awful.
0: Well, her cocktail was a mix of opium and alcohol.
2: But it's the opium that she's withdrawing from because the amount. I mean, she's taking drops at a time. The amount of alcohol in there is, you know, that would be like if you took one shot, okay, and you spaced okay, it out for the course it. of a day. <laughs> Take an eyedropper. Got oh, it now. Doctor's
6: if you insist. <laughs> just,
2: just put a couple drops on your tongue. I wish you were my doctor. Okay. And then in 30 minutes, do that again. <laughs> we'll see how you do by the end of the okay. show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
0: At the Bella Union, Ellsworth's luck at craps is pinching out, and Joni says that they could stop for a while if he wants Sai is not pleased about this. Mm -hmm. He sends Joni off and demonstrates to Ellsworth his hot hand. (laughs) One of the whores is crying about Joey. Joey was Cherry.
4: <laughs> I see. I didn't know what, he, what what they meant by this. I was completely confused. I don't know,
3: know I, all these terms they used. I always like got it right away, even though I've never heard the term before. Yeah, and I was like,
4: I don't, what is that? What he's like as fresh as a cherry? I don't. I don't. You know, that's to-
2: like a 1950s term. I feel like we saw that in Greece or something. Like
4: <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I was like, and then Matt told me, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Why didn't I guess that? <laughs> it's just the way they say it. I guess it confuses me.
0: You're usually, you hear it in the expression, popping someone's cherry.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I was confused. I was like, what? He's cherry? Does that mean he's cherry? What? No, no, no. No, oh, it's yet another fruit. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, what? they're bringing cherries to this place? Yeah, <laughs> it's fruit salad. They're going to they're invent fruit salad. It's going to be a peach and cherry fruit salad. <laughs>
0: I'm just picturing the scene of uh, people arriving at the camp for the first time and getting housewarming gifts and <laughs> what is with these people and fruit? They just bring <laughs> us cans of fruit. <laughs>
6: oh. Add
0: it to the pile.
6: Yes.
0: <laughs> On the outskirts of the camp, Charlie comes across Seth's dead horse and also the heathen's horse. He dismounts rifle in hand. That's when he spots the two men sprawled in the dirt. And I'll jump ahead here to when Charlie has Seth up and he's cleaning his wounds. He tells Seth that the three palm prints on the pony's flank means the heathen killed three men in hand-to-hand combat, the red circle means one was killed on horseback, the white lines for the times he counted coup, which is hitting someone with a stick, a club, etc. Charlie figures the heathen wanted more white lines, which is why he came up to Seth rather than shooting him with an arrow. So, what is counting coup? I did some research. I went to a website called nativeheritageproject.com This is what it says. The point of counting coup was to avoid bloodshed during practice or during real battles. Counting coup was considered the honorable thing to do for all concerned. If you killed your opponent, you were only able to add one notch to your belt, but counting coup took more bravery and you could add several notches to your coup stick over time. By other accounts, the Plains Indians of North America used a form of counting coup where warriors won prestige acts of bravery in the face of an enemy. These acts could be recorded in various ways and retold as stories. Any blow struck against the enemy counted as coup, but the most prestigious acts included touching an enemy warrior with the hand, bow, or coup stick, then escaping unharmed. Touching the first enemy to die in battle or touching the enemy's defensive works also counted as coup. Counting coup could involve stealing the enemy's weapons or horses tied up in his lodge and camp. Risk of injury or death was required to count coup. Escaping unharmed while counting coup was considered a higher honor than being wounded in the attempt. A warrior who won coup was permitted to wear an eagle feather in his hair if he had been wounded in the attempt... He was required to paint the feather red. After a battle or exploit, the people of a tribe would gather to recount their acts of bravery and count coup.
4: So he never had the intention of killing Seth. No, it sounds
0: he sounds like he wanted to run oh, in, touch him, and get out. Oh, really? Well,
1: no, he was probably going to kill him. It's you think? just yeah, he
3: just had to kill him in hand-to-hand combat.
1: Yeah, and he was. That
3: he would was...
0: be the red palm print, though. Yeah, mm. he was.
1: He was counting
4: coup on him first. Can you do that? You can't do that. That's cheating. What? Isn't it what, cheating what, what, if you were what, like, what? "Yeah, I'm gonna count coup. I'm gonna like get him. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna hit him, and then I'm gonna kill him." You can't do. You get both. that way?
0: Well, how do we know that the that he wanted to kill Seth? We don't. All we know is that Seth didn't know what was happening and fought him, and then therefore they had a fight. But up until that point, maybe the intention was just to kill his horse.
4: But yeah, from what Um, I guess for a long
0: time he was just kicking in the dirt, screaming and sue and hooting and hollering. That's all he was doing.
4: Yeah, I think if he had the intention of killing him, then yeah, he would have done so. But yeah, if he just wanted to count coup or whatever, then yeah, that's what he was doing. Just you know. Just, mm. I hit you, and now I'm going to... I don't know. If someone kills
2: my he, horse, I, whacks me upside the head, and then just... shoves me when I try to get up the first time, I kind of would feel threatened.
3: Yeah, why didn't he just leave then after he did it?
1: trying <laughs> yeah. to scare him. Yeah, I mean, he was... I, I admit that you're right, that he may not have planned on killing him. My understanding from, you know, years ago that he could have counted coup and Seth could have still ended up dead because... And he might have actually been waiting, like. That what he was doing could have been considered taunting him. hmm He was basically saying, you know, look at what I did, you're down in the dirt, and all of
4: this I stuff. Know, I know it was quite common in some cultures to make your enemies linger for the longest time possible.
3: hmm Maybe he would have got extra points for taunting. He gets to like yeah, he gets to paint a tongue on his horse. And
4: basically, like a... if you're but the, the stronger your enemies too, like the more well regarded you are for defeating them.
3: This whole thing yeah, with just... the paint on the horse has got to work on the honor system. <laughs> yeah, it does.
4: <laughs> As... I
3: wonder. I wonder how many of these these warriors like fudge the numbers.
1: <laughs>
2: and oh, we... you cynic, you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He definitely could have been waiting for Seth to recover before he killed him. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you say about budging the numbers or something like that, I mean, a lot of this was self-respect. It was part of the culture. And, you know, it would have been for his own honor to mm. defeat him when he could stand on his own two feet rather mm-hmm. than, than killing him lying down on the ground. Yeah, exactly.
3: Mm. Yeah. And I never, I never understood the... Uh... The um, the yip yip as a battle cry. It's not very intimidating. It's like, I don't know. It's not like a big Viking like Rah! like on the battlefield. I
0: just found it an odd,
4: an it's odd a, thing it's just, that I think it-, it.
0: What explains the name of the the baseball team, the South Dakota yip yips?
4: Is that a real? No, example?
0: I just made it up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but doesn't it sound like it could be.
0: Uh, <laughs> I the believe- horribly racist mascot.
4: Yes, yes. K-P. <laughs> K-P. K-P. <laughs> um <laughs> I think I think it's just meant to throw you off because you're not used to people going at you like that, you know. Well, um, I
3: mean if they're a native band battling with another native band, they'd be used to it. But
4: mm, yeah, but it. it still throws you off though, somebody screaming in your face like that. Mm. You know? Me off.
1: And we're also dealing
4: with a lot of just cultural differences.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: I know. It's just a cultural yeah, thing. that racist. It's just a cultural thing that evolves. <laughs> that I don't understand why they why it went that way instead of a more intimidating battle cry. I'd like to know the, the if there's a story behind or like a, if they have any sort of internal uh, story for how that particular battle cry came
0: came about. Right. Well, that's your homework for next time. Please bring uh, yip yip <laughs> facts.
2: <laughs>
4: yes, man It is it is a part of uh, somewhat a part of You know of your- who
0: would know? Tammy, because she has a podcast called the Yip Podcast. <laughs> I was just
2: thinking that.
0: <laughs> How scary. It's uh belly dancing. Right. I guess they shout <laughs> Yip. Yeah. So, so maybe
3: that like has like nothing different. to do with the Ma- Native Americans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very different culture. Very different. Belly
3: culture. belly dancing Native Americans. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Does Tammy count coup? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Huh. And then she does a dance taunt around you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Red belly dance. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> After Charlie explains to Seth that the Indian was counting coup, Seth tells him that uh, Bill died. Charlie heard n- news of it two days ago, but he had hoped like many times before it was just a rumor.
1: Sick. I thought it was interesting that that's the first thing that really came out of his mouth.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That with everything that just went on, a lot of times you know, the first thing you're thinking in terms of is where's the other guy, and you know what's going on, and and his first thought was, it's Charlie. I need to tell him about Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a stand up guy.
0: Yeah, what a, what a good guy. What a what a gent.
2: <laughs> what a mensch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Saul would say. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well Seth wants to bury his attacker, but Charlie says if you want to do the guy a favor, you bury him above ground looking west. In fact, you should put him next to the his, to his friend buddy, because that's yeah. why Seth was attacked. Seth came upon a funeral rite and was interfering with the big fucking medicine.
2: So but there I was love that Charlie movie. knows all that. That's so cool that he's dialed up enough to know. Mm. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Like, yeah, it, it almost seems like there was a certain <clears throat> Group that actually paid attention and found out about Native American customs and so forth. And then there was the other group that just knew absolutely nothing,
4: which was the vast majority. Yeah. Cared to know. I, so I didn't realize that there was another guy on top of that platform. Mm-hmm. I didn't see. I He's didn't wrapped see up. He's wrapped up. Yeah, I didn't see him at all. I did, just thought it was a bunch of material and a bunch of feathers like hanging there and mm. I didn't really see. And I guess that's why I was confused about the buddy statement.
0: Yeah, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. No, it was definitely a funeral platform.
0: Back in camp, Johnny invites the Reverend to the meeting. Johnny doesn't know the meeting's purpose, but he <laughs> does know that there will be fruit served.
4: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Sean Bridgers, who plays Johnny, says, Johnny comes from a world where when he is told to do something, he did it. A lot of times the things he's told to do, he doesn't understand because there are angles underneath angles. Most of what happens is beyond his ken. What matters is that he's working for the top dog. His ass is not in some stream. He's not freezing to death. He sleeps indoors. He's surrounded by horrors. It's the best fucking life he can imagine. (laughs) So, now we go to the big scene of the episode. Right before the meeting, E.B. tells Al that Trixie did her job and then some. He didn't make the offer on the claim because the widow was uber randy. (laughs) (laughs) In attendance at this meeting are Doc Cochran, Sight Oliver, A.W. Merrick, Solstar, Tom Nuttall, the Reverend, and peaches and pears on the bar for you to spoon out as you desire. Nobody ate any, did
3: they?
2: That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Nobody ate any. Well, maybe they did
0: after the meeting.
4: <laughs> we just didn't see it? We're just waiting for them to ferment.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, people rarely eat food in TV because, <laughs> yeah. Because it's not appealing? No, cuz they got to do multiple takes. Yeah. They got to do multiple takes. Yeah. And they don't mm-hmm. want
4: to be like have like stuff in their teeth or be spitting well, it as they're eating yeah. as they're talking. Like you don't want if If they take a bite food. of
3: something and then they have to keep doing that take over again, they will get full. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I also got the feeling that I mean this this is a very serious subject with a serious group of people none of whom really trust each other at all. So it may they may not have really cared to be chowing down right at that moment. I don't know.
4: If that was me in that meeting, I'd be stuffing my face.
0: (laughs) You'd be like, ooh, fruit. Canned fruit, but still.
4: Yeah, no, probably not the canned fruit.
1: Well, canned fruit was... Yeah, it's a delicacy back then. (laughs) No.
4: big treat at that point. Mm-hmm. So probably if I was living back then, I'd probably be like, ooh, canned peaches. <laughs> yeah. You'd have been all over it. Yeah.
3: You don't like fresh peaches, though, because you, you don't like you No, I do. The, you, well, you didn't used to. I didn't used to. You didn't. you were weirded ever out by the I've fuzzy skin. You,
4: ever since I've met you, I, I like fruit a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: I, I feel like that's too private a moment for us. To share. I know. I,
0: I kind of <laughs> want to shut the door and walk
3: away.
2: Yeah, I think we should leave them alone now.
3: <laughs> leave leave us alone. Our fruit bowl
2: <laughs> and whatever it is you do with it. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> hey, look! <laughs> I didn't start it. No, no judging here. <laughs> that's right. Not judging. Do what you like with your fruit.
3: <laughs> I, I have a note here, but I can't remember what it's in reference to. I wrote that the Reverend is working to foil Mel. Did he say something about avoiding apocalypse or something?
0: <laughs> yes, he d- he did. He says, um, "Let's see here." Yes,
4: was, was he foiling me?
3: Because you're always predicting apocalypses. Oh,
4: <laughs> yes. Is that the uh,
2: Solomon and uh, Gamora thing?
4: And I always should... forget that I predict that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something about stopping apocalyptic talk.
0: Yeah.
3: And then I was like, oh, he's against you, Mel. Oh, here, I wrote it here.
0: Al wants to put a positive spin on the thing. The reverend suggests they avoid apocalyptic predictions. And then I write, Melanie, you better knock off this apocalyptic bullshit. The hoopleheads (laughs) are getting riled up.
4: I can't help it. (laughs) I just can't help it. I do do enjoy how they do a bit of marketing here, how they're just, like, trying to spin it. (laughs) It's (laughs) kind of...
1: Well, I mean, if they want to do that, naming an episode "Plague"
0: isn't exactly well. The Hoopleheads can't read, except for Eb; he can read and cipher.
6: Yes,
1: because right. what was his name? Johnny. Johnny was had to give the list to somebody to read for him, and he had said that uh, that's when it came up that it was there was something for smallpox on the list.
0: Oh, uh Joey. Oh, Joey. Joey. Jo- Joey. Yes, he said he didn't know what the list was, so he showed it to somebody, and si was like, that's a breach of goddamn trust. Yep. <laughs> He's like, well, I just thought I was getting sick, so maybe I could get the supplies I needed here. Joey, you're an idiot.
1: <laughs> yes, now we're now we're into uh, um, Hamlet, and, you know, taking the note to England, with, uh, oh, two guys. Rosencrantz and, and Guildenstern. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, yeah.
6: Mm.
1: Open the note. Kill these men. <laughs> yes. Oops, spoilers.
0: Spoilers for Hamlet. Is that what you just did? <laughs> You're only about five hundred years late. <laughs> oh, I was going to finally Damn read it next. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, well, thanks, Carol. <laughs> well, now I know I'm how it ends. Sorry, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh. That's it. So You're
0: at okay. the meeting, um, <laughs> Al makes the big announcement that the plague is in the camp, but don't be alarmed. The key is to wait it out. It's not pretty, but it passes. He recommends housing the sick in a tent because it makes the plague look temporary. The tent's going to go up on size parcel of land at the end of Chink's Alley. And this is when Sai tells us that he's investing in that part of town because the Chinese are the most degenerate of gamblers among <laughs> all the races.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: We what? all that, Don't we all know this to be true?
4: This was the big stereotype back then. So what do they mean by that? The most degenerate of gamblers? What does this mean? It means they like to gamble a lot. They like to gamble a lot. Yeah, have, have we seen him to gamble yet? I haven't seen him in the bars. Oh, he wouldn't be a uh, Mr. Wu, you mean? No, no yeah, yeah, Wu in.
0: wouldn't. But Sai's no. going to build a, a Chinese gambling imperium <laughs> in that part of town for them to gamble because they <laughs> it, enjoy gambling.
1: I'm sure they have their own mm-hmm. place at this point. We all do realize that they're basically going to put all the sick people um, down the Chinese. neighborhood. with the Chinese, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So <Sorry, laughs> Yeah. That's pretty normal,
0: too, for the time. They just build it out in the woods, in the bracing air. <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah. that fresh air cures smallpox, right? Right, Moira?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> that's, that's what it is, yes. No, but it's time for some more smallpox fun facts. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> when when he mentions that it's not pretty, when Al says that, no kidding. So let me describe. So you start off with your fever and your chills and all that stuff. When the pox breaks out on you, it starts as fairly uniform, sort of reddish-colored, raised little dots. And then they get full of fluid. So they're called vesicles. And then, instead of clear fluid, they often get full of what looks like pus. It's not actually pus, but they turn all yellow. So now you've got evenly you know spread all over your head your face your chest you know, your back your arms these pustules and they're all about maybe i don't know a centimeter across and the thing is then they take a long time to dry up it takes on the order of three to four weeks to dry up and you're contagious till they dry up but they scar you oh. all of them leave scars and if you get it in your eye, you go blind. So my fun, <laughs> yep. Other, so my other fun fact was, it used to be the leading cause of, uh, childhood blindness. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Before it was eradicated, this. Yeah, there's some really nasty pictures online. Yeah, if you uh, go looking, yeah, ooh, small. they're pretty creepy, yeah. But it, um, on average, I think they said it was three to four hundred million cases a year worldwide. This is like recently, before it got eliminated, compared to TB, which is only a hundred million.
4: So it's a really devastating disease.
2: It's devastating. Well, it kills about only 30% of people that it infects. But still, that's a pretty significant mortality rate. But it leaves scars on the rest. And just much like chickenpox, we're all more familiar with chickenpox. You know, some people get a really bad case of chickenpox. And, you know, they have tons of little, you know, scabs on them. Smallpox was a bit like that, too. You could have a milder case where it was less obvious and you didn't get as bad scars. But some people were just covered. Hmm. Yeah, Do you know now.
3: much about, uh, Crimson Fever? The only thing about childhood blindness. Scarlet fever? Or Scarlet fi- Fever, yeah. The only thing about childhood blindness from TV that I've seen is, uh, Little House on the Prairie, where Laura's, Laura's, Laura's oh. sister gets Crimson Fever when she's a kid, and then, then many years later, like 10 years later, she goes blind. I don't know how that That's works. It? Yeah, what? because she had that when she was a kid.
2: I'm like, no, that usually just causes you other issues, not like <laughs> real failure and stuff. What? Anyway, I don't know. Remember, I have to look that one up. That sounds big. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the pox is ugly and nasty and gross. And, and yeah, so they go and toss them all in the Chinese neighborhood. So yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Racist obvious reasons. Huh.
0: Yeah.
6: yeah. Yeah.
0: So Alice's plan is to send three groups of five writers... Out in different directions to bring back the vaccines. 60 bucks a writer, 10 in advance, 50 on return. The grand tally is $1,500. Everyone puts in money. Al and Psy put in 500. EB puts in two. Are you fucking kidding me, EB? 150? <laughs> Saul contributes a measly $50. But Al gives
2: him credit
4: for it. Yeah, he's like, you're alright, pal. Yeah, he's a
2: hardware guy.
4: I mean, they just started out too, so I mean. They're not liquid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like I this scene of everybody working together to solve this problem.
4: Yeah. <laughs> They're becoming like a community. Like, mm. Yeah, it seems like a lot of money to be putting forward mm-hmm. for this.
0: Perhaps from this amount, they'll use it to pay uh, the doctor and Jane.
3: They,
2: Maybe
4: Jane say, Jane uh, will get uh, nothing. Eh, Doc will give her a cut. <laughs> I'm wondering how much the doctor gets paid.
2: Well, if 900 was going to the riders, that left 600 left over for everything else, so... Um, the tents and everything. I don't know.
4: Well, we know
0: in 1878 that the city council put aside money for the doctor <laughs> on, on retainer in in the event of smallpox.
2: Mm. I'll take that. Sure. It could come back. <laughs> I can be on retainer.
0: <laughs> well, they hit the target amount. Saul will go about recruiting the writers. Merrick wants to interview the doc after the meeting. This is when Al says he wants to put a positive spin on the thing. And the Reverend chimes in with his his contribution. It's best to avoid apocalyptic predictions. Mm
4: -hmm. Damn you, Reverend. (laughs) Hate you even more now.
0: (laughs) Al reminds everybody about the fruit. (laughs) Suddenly, the Reverend stands up and has a seizure. He falls to the floor... Dan hands the doc a billfold to put in the Reverend's mouth because initially Johnny suggested a metal spoon. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. No. And, and horrible. And horrible. <laughs> Al reveals that he had a brother that did that. They used to make pennies off of him in the street when it happened.
4: Why am oh. I not surprised? <laughs> hey,
1: do you think there's any significance to the fact that the doctor got bit? It just seems so random that he... Oh, by the Reverend
2: when he was trying to... Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that know. he got bit?
2: By the... dog, yeah. the- I don't
0: know. You're saying that it, the reverend's a zombie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think of it quite that significant. <laughs>
2: no, it just, it just seemed kind well, of... I maybe
4: because he gives him, him responsibility later on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't no, know how well that's going going to
2: gonna... get hepatitis or something.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't... My first thought was that he was going to end up with some disease from the reverend, but... I mean, I don't know. It probably is n- absolutely no significance whatsoever. No, but it
4: could be a symbolic significance, though. Because later on, the doctor is like, you, uh, you sure you're up to this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, and it seems kind of suspicious. He so just
1: think... bit the hand that... Fill in the rest of the sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: exactly.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Who knows?
0: I imagine that he just... He bit the reverend's hand, and they needed that as an excuse to put something in his mouth.
1: No, it, th- he bit him while he was putting it in his mouth.
0: Oh. Never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> he's
4: supposed to be putting stuff in people's mouths when they're. Right? He's trying to keep him from biting his own tongue. That's all. Yeah. I that's really you all he's doing. to touch people that were having seizures.
2: No, no. you got to get their head off the floor. He'd be banging his head against the floor the whole time otherwise. Yeah, I thought
4: you weren't supposed to
3: hold them still because yeah. they, like. Yeah,
4: they're...
2: you just. Um, you keep them safe, but I think the idea of the thing in the mouth is just to protect them from biting their own tongues because they can do that.
3: Yeah, so they do that. You're, you're not supposed to restrain their. Body in any way? are Not really.
2: No. Uh, Usually, well, we have drugs now, so usually we. Although I shouldn't say that they don't work right away. But.
3: Hmm. hmm. What would you? What do you think the doctor? Not the doctor. The reverend has here.
2: Well, he clearly has a seizure disorder because he's talking about having the smells of like burnt toast beforehand. Heritage minutes. Sorry, what?
4: Heritage minutes. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) is that? Is
2: that? Oh, yeah, it is. It totally is. I I love our heritage minutes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what?
4: I will. Okay, this is.
2: Is this a Canadian thing? It's a Canadian yes, it thing. Is it Canadian thing? All
0: right. These, these
4: <laughs> Time for the Canadian
0: historical- segment. Go ahead. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <the Canadian segment. laughs> we have these commercials, Matt, about historical Canadian moments. Right. And this one is about this doctor that was. He was basically doing tests on this patient that had a. Cedars. Kept having seizures, and he was poking in different areas of her brain. She like would her,
3: always she smell was, burnt toast yeah, with gesture.
4: Yeah, so he poked on her like areas of her brain. It was like a, her brain was open, and she was awake. And uh, yeah, he was just poking, and she was like, Oh, I smell burnt toast, Dr. Penfield. I smell burnt toast. <laughs> yeah,
3: so he found the yeah. location in, in the I've, brain. Of oh, that- yes. yes. yeah.
2: her seizure focus, yes. But I was surprised that he said he's only had the two episodes, the ones we've seen.
3: Yeah, can that yeah. just come on you later in life?
2: Uh, yeah, it can. It's mm-hmm. odd. And in those days, if I'd had to guess, I would have thought it was due to trauma because, you know, head injuries and stuff would not be rare back then. And mm-hmm. and wasn't he in the war as well? Yes. Yeah. So I'm think but, that, but that's what I'm saying. The timing of it seems odd to me because I would have thought he would have already manifested these seizures long before then if they were related to wartime trauma. So that confused me a bit.
4: He could have a brain tumor.
2: Um. Yeah, he could. That can do it. What year is this again?
4: 1876 or something?
2: 76.
0: Did you know that the term NARM is a TV term, meaning an attempt to achieve something dramatic, but because of poor writing or poor acting... Intends to be unintentionally humorous rather than dramatic. The term comes from the show Six Feet Under Moira. During the climax of its last seasons, a character is stricken by a brain embolism, and as he suffers from the (laughs) effects of the seizure, he begins saying, Numb arm, narm arm, narm, narm, narm.
2: Yes, Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's and yes, you can learn all about that if you listen to my Six Feet Under intro cast. Then you'd know. <laughs> narm, narm.
0: narm. Save your plugs for the end.
2: <laughs> Duly noted. Eddie is at the
0: craps table practicing his throw. Cy tells him to find out from Joni how the red headed horror is faring. He doesn't want to speak to Joni at this moment, he might break her fucking jaw.
2: <sighs> yeah. So he's another guy, okay, in the Seth Bullock School of Acting, we have Cy Tolliver gritting his teeth, you know, the whole time he's saying that statement. Um, Al Swearingen is so much more menacing to me than is Cy Tolliver. Hmm. I think. I'm not saying he couldn't break somebody. I just, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. All I know is capable of it. Cy, I feel like he'd always have a henchman or somebody else to do his dirty work for him. Mm. But I could be wrong. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I got the feeling he would uh,
2: beat on Joni
1: in a heartbeat. Oh, well, I think he'd beat on her.
0: Well, let's skip ahead a scene because Cy walks in on Joni. She's on the bed. She says that she doesn't know what's wrong. But Cy says you better figure it out because f- this free ride is coming to a quick halt. He pays her to create an atmosphere and alternating between sad and oh-so-sad ain't getting the job done. Mm. She postulates that maybe she feels sad because Deadwood was supposed to be a fresh start, but it doesn't feel like one. Mm. He strokes her face and tells her that this is the way he always wants to touch her. Don't make him touch her different.
2: Yeah.
3: Ugh. Yeah. I thought they
0: were more equal
3: than this. I didn't... Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I think this is the first time we realize that they're not. Because up until yeah. then, other than her making... Or he made a snide comment when she went off to attend the, um, the funeral... Mm-hmm. And he said something about, "Oh, you're leaving. You just, you know, you're sort of um, asking. You're asking my permission. Like, no, really, you were going anyway. You know, there's that little aside. But I think it's the first time we realize that she's pretty much under his thumb.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: We also learned that they used to operate a riverboat. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: is this really the first time we see them in a a really private situation?
2: I think so. So well.
1: Yeah. It seems like whenever we've seen them talking before, it's been, like, a little ways off from the the crowd, or but it's been semi-public.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I got the feeling, like, okay, now we're seeing what the real dynamic is between them as opposed to what they put out there for the rubes.
0: Right. There was a scene in the previous episode where she's bathing the horse. Yeah. And he comes in and asks her if she got the praying out of her system and she kisses the whore. And that may as well have been a private moment because to Sai, those, those ladies do not exist.
4: True. You know? They weren't for the scenery. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Sorry,
0: that felt like a real private moment, even though there were two extras there in the, the bathtub. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was kind of thinking
1: about that too, yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten about that scene.
2: And that's the, there's a power dynamic going on there that it makes me wonder what the background is you know, between the two of them. Because like, he's implying that he actually has affection for her and she's saying she doesn't really believe that. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's complicated. As you said earlier, I think, Carol, you said, yeah, there's a lot of layers to this scene.
1: Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of subtext. There's a lot of yeah. he's implying things, she's implying things. There. Yeah, that was one of those scenes that I was like, whoa, okay, we got... These two people have a very complicated relationship and, and, uh, it doesn't seem like it's a good one for
0: Joni. No. No. I asked you a while back, I think maybe it was in episode three, your first impressions of Joni and Sai and whether or not you thought that Joni had more autonomy than Trixie.
6: Mm.
0: Uh, something I just want you guys to keep in, in mind as we go forward. Who has more autonomy, Trixie or Joni? Oh, okay.
3: It's a contest, running contest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the reverend thinks that maybe his convulsion was brought on by keeping irregular hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At least he doesn't think it's the devil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doc asks how he felt before the episode. The reverend says he noticed a peculiar smell, a, a burning smell. Mm-hmm. Or does he say something like maybe I need glasses? Maybe it's
6: my...
2: Well, that's after he does the he does a little bit of a cranial nerve exam. He's like getting him to follow his finger with his eye, and uh, then he goes, "Maybe I need glasses." I'm like, "That's not uh-huh. why he was checking your eyes." But anyway, <laughs> that's okay. I thought the dogs come back. The little doctor and me kind of laughed because when he said, "Okay, are you planning to hang up a shingle, or you know, are you yeah. gonna let me do my job?" And I thought, "Oh, yeah, there are times when sometimes you kind of like to say that to people, but <laughs> you really can't." <laughs> <laughs> doc can. <laughs> he
1: can, he can say snarky stuff to people about yeah. too many consequences.
2: Even Doctor House.
0: <laughs> Al comes in the room. He, he thinks the doc ought to prescribe the Reverend some peaches. Then he winks to show he's only teasing. <laughs>
3: he, he really wants to get rid of these peaches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I almost have the
1: feeling like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the reverend's um, seizure
0: endeared him to Al. Like, oh, it's like my brother.
4: <laughs> oh, that's so weird.
0: You know, except oh, for the scene where Al is threatening Trixie, he's a pretty decent person this episode. Yeah. With the horror of yeah. uh, being scared, with the reverend just in the meeting, uh, how he's taps, you know, Sal on the shoulder. You're all right, pal. $50, mm-hmm. that's good enough. You know, he seems like...
2: He's almost like human.
0: Yeah, almost human this this time. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wonder why is that? Like, what changed?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's because oh, Seth is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and Wild Bill
1: is gone.
3: Food.
4: Yeah, Wild
2: Bill was quite a threat to Al.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: He's rid of Wild Bill. He's ri- rid of Seth. For a while. <laughs> yeah, for a bit. Well, but he doesn't know for how long.
2: Could be forever.
1: Yeah. I mean, these people go riding off, I'm sure... An awful lot of them don't come back.
2: Well, I don't think the attacking Indian was in his employ, but you never know. (laughs) No, but there's a lot of stuff out on the road. Yeah, there is. I was thinking that when uh, Charlie was riding in by himself with his little cache of horses. I thought, wow, you're kind of brave to be out there all by yourself.
1: Yeah, I get the Mm -hmm. feeling that Charlie's been been Mm -hmm. around the block a few times. Yeah. And there were people that traveled by themselves. There's historically... Even though it was incredibly dangerous and stuff, there's all kinds of mountain men and stuff who, you know, made a go of it by themselves for many years.
5: Yeah.
0: I guess it's safer in a larger group, but you'd also have more stuff with you to steal. Yes. There were thieves about it. more
1: of a target.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Well, Charlie had a lot of stuff with him. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Merrick is writing the, an article for the Pioneer with an editorial assist from Al. <laughs> I finished, like that
2: scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
0: cute. The finished article <laughs> reads The plague in Deadwood. Two cases of the smallpox have been diagnosed in our camp by Dr. Cochran. At Dr. Cochran's suggestions, a pest tent Endowed by the generous retailers at our, of our fine community, is being erected for the afflicted on the south end, and riders dispatched to secure a vaccine. The Pioneer has been assured of their imminent return. Thanks also to the aforementioned merchants, the vaccine will be distributed free. Gratis. <laughs> no, just free. That Free gratis is redundancy. <laughs> I think maybe it should say the plague question mark in Deadwood question mark. Uh, it's it's too it's, late. The type set. is set. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who knew? Who knew you had such a keen editorial sense? You
4: know,
0: this, like, the scene is hilarious. Is.
4: Yeah, He should have just used a pen and just like wrote it in himself
3: on every sheet of paper. Yes, every printed. sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, he could have. He could have got one of his goons to do that. Like every after every one of them comes off the press, just add a question mark. Yeah.
0: At the bottom of some of the transcripts, it says, This transcript is distributed free gratis. <laughs> e. <B. laughs> Cy nice. so thanks Al for not calling him out in public over him mishandling the vaccine business. EB spots Jane and tells her that the room has been re-rented. <laughs> well, Jane's just come to the hotel to call on the widow. EB tells her to be brief, and she says, Be fucked. No, <laughs> I right, stole my quote. Not, it wasn't your quote. <laughs> I did have that. It did not. It's,
3: you can no. say it again. Is that written on my paper or not? I <laughs> can. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I've got tons of quotes for this episode. It was very. Pretty.
0: Yeah, this was a really quote worthy episode.
1: Well, Jane is still in the in the needing to announce everything she's doing to everybody.
6: Yes. Thing.
1: <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom.
0: She's going to. Well, she's going to tell you what she's doing before you bother asking her. Because she knows you're going to ask her. We'll give her a hard time. Because she's a woman and she feels like you're going to want to know why she's moving about yeah. with such autonomy. And, yeah. So she will tell you <laughs> before you even ask.
4: She would be one of those people on Facebook that just, like, you know, <laughs> says everything about their lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if she was living in the present day.
1: She's having a very hard time putting Jane in the present day and figuring out what she <laughs> would be doing. Huh.
4: All right. <laughs> Yeah, but mm. what would Jane be doing in this present day? What would she be posting on Facebook about?
0: Well, as you said, status updates about where she is. Uh,
4: yeah, <laughs> like at the grocery She's store, <laughs> or I don't know.
0: I bet, getting groceries, you cocksuckers!
4: Yeah, <laughs> I get the feeling like she'd be a truck driver or something. You know? Oh my God, Ooh, yes, yeah. yeah, yes, yes, she would. Yeah.
0: <laughs> A millinery salesman comes out of Wild Bill's former room. He tells Jane he's paying $2 a day extra for the room. He asks if she had any connection to Wild Bill. She wishes him luck selling his hats.
4: So millinery is a hat? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it's women's hats, usually. A milliner, yes. This no. is the
3: guy. And for, for, well, what's a haberdashery?
1: That's a men's hat. <laughs> okay <laughs> this is so confusing <laughs> milliner, a milliner is uh women's hats and haberdashery is men's hats so this guy has come to deadwood i one of the things i just
0: was
2: like yeah a millinery sales yeah what women are there except the horse yeah. the horse and elma Oh, someone, and the little,
0: little girl. Someone missing <laughs> And he keeps them in a suitcase, too, which you would think they'd get squashed. Well,
2: there's samples. He must have pictures or something. Oh. I don't
0: know. He has pictures. And, and then stuff.
2: he's got, like, lace and ribbons and I don't know, whatever.
0: Maybe the idea is to send, uh, you go up to the men who have wives back home and you tell them,
4: uh-huh. would you like to arrange
0: uh, delivery of a hat? Uh, that could, uh, could
4: be. Flowers? send them a hat?
0: Now I want a TV show on, like, PBS called Milliner and Haberdasher. <laughs> 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 um,
4: <laughs> it sounds like a law firm. <laughs> I just thought
1: it was really interesting. I felt like saying, "Okay, a milliner in Deadwood. I mean, is this like reminding us that civilization is is slowly encroaching or trying to encroach on Deadwood?
0: Maybe, or he's just passing through.
1: Yeah, yeah he just he's, going,
0: he's headed out west. What an
1: excuse! To yeah. See, Wild had gotten shot. Hmm.
0: Um." This
3: is the guy where I really thought she was going to throw a punch, but she didn't. Me
2: too. (laughs) I was just about to say I'm amazed. And also that she didn't own up to knowing Wild Bill. Why do you think that was?
1: So I thought she didn't throw a punch because this may sound weird, but I think in some bizarre way, the fact that he was willing to pay $2 more to stay in the same room that Wild Bill had been in Uh. indicated respect for Wild Bill.
0: So guys... uh, I didn't get that vibe. It seems ghoulish.
1: So do you guys... Well, yeah, but I'm talking about from Jane's point
0: of view. I think from Jane's point of view, she would be, you are so gross. Mm. This was my friend. And then just decides that she's not going to talk to him at all. Mm. So
4: did uh, Wild Bill's death put Deadwood on the map, in a way? Put it in history. Yeah, but did it put it on the map for people? like? Because that's what it seems like. Maybe he came to town because he wanted in on some of that, you know. Oh, it's famous. Wild Bill stayed here, you know. Mm. Could be. I don't know. Just I'm just wondering if people didn't really know about Deadwood that much. And then they were like, oh, Wild Bill got shot there. Plus gold. And yeah, then- I mean, there were an awful lot of towns that,
1: you know, gold rush towns, silver rush towns that, that, sprang up overnight, died a kind of lingering death, and nobody remembered them whatsoever. Mm. Deadwood people remember partially because of Wild Bill.
5: Yeah.
0: Jane knocks at Alma's door. Kravlorn Swath answers. (laughs) (laughs) She's talking, which pleases Jane. That was very cute. How
3: she's... Yeah. Yeah.
4: Hello, Jane. Very Very odd, (gasps) Oh, look at you talking. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was kind of creepy and robotic. Mm
0: -hmm.
6: She was a
4: robot child. I know what you guys said about her just learning English, but to me, she was just a cyborg.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hello, Jane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would have been considered kind of the perfect child at the time. You know? A cyborg child? Yeah, a little (laughs) poetic child. You put her out there, she does her tricks, and then you, you know, and then she's quiet.
0: Like the kids on... Twin Peaks. Um, Donna's sisters. Yeah. <laughs> they just bring them out <laughs> to play piano and send them on their way. Put them
4: back in the attic. <laughs> put
0: them back in the attic.
1: My great aunts would have loved for my mom to be like that. <laughs> just
0: really? Yeah. Jane tells them that she's back in camp. She's going to see after some sick people, and she'll continue to put pennies aside every time she curses. And Jane also reminds Elma, you know, your husband is still in that creek, right? <laughs> <laughs> How long has it been now?
2: <laughs> Three days, I think. Is that right?
0: Three or four days. I and forgot. Elma's I like, yeah, yeah, when I'm better, I I I'll take care of it. I forgot
4: about him. I honestly forgot about him. I feel like the wolves and bears are already ripping at his carcass. <laughs> there's, well, no no, way. there's no way he's untouched. Not to mention the fact that there's stuff. In, <laughs> I mean, when you're exposed to water and you're dead, you know. Yeah, you, you just, just bloat. Do all kinds of things it's, it's just going to be a gross bloated ripped apart body <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. no <laughs> not to mention I'll have work. to be cold water
2: maybe maybe that's how it's no,
4: there's no way there's no <laughs> way it's like, a, it's like a even like if it was a refrigerator just, it, would have, it would have to be freezer like water wouldn't it oh, like it's- a like a I, w- like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know why I'm comparing this to like a receptacle where you put your food in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've stored dead bodies in a freezer before. <laughs> they do
1: not have glacial streams in the dead in the black hills. There's it might be cool water, but it's not, it's not glacial, no,
2: there's no. And way.
1: I don't know how big the creek is, but you know, stuff lives in creeks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Microbes, bad things.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, they should have just cremated them.
4: <laughs> yes, they should have. <laughs>
3: How, uh, yeah, how uh, common was cremation back then, I wonder?
0: You can add that to your homework assignment. Damn it! Why do I, <laughs> I keep doing homework? I think it's funny at the end of Potential Cast, uh, Lurio says, Steph, what's our homework for next time? <laughs> You're going to have actual homework. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> this is a much tougher gig. <laughs> it is.
0: So, Merrick hands over the definitive edition of his paper to his fellow authors. Uh-huh. Al says he thinks the headline ought to have a question mark. The plague yeah. in Deadwood? <laughs> and Merrick says, no, too late, but thanks for all your help today. <laughs> Jane leaves the hotel, asks after the dock, but some men leave the Bella Union carrying a stretcher. I presume this is uh Joey. And so she says she'll follow them. Robin Weigert, who plays Calamity Jane, says, one of my favorite scenes is where Jane finds the sick guy in the woods. She's at her lowest point. Bill is being buried. And the fact that he's there saves her life and the act of saving his life. It's like he saved Jane's life. Mm. Historical Jane was kind of a heroine during the plague. That was what anybody who survived remembered her for. She was Mm. at people's bedsides when nobody else would touch them with a 10 foot pole. Oh, Mm -hmm. really? I didn't. Yeah, I was going
3: to ask if this was true to history.
0: And from a book called The Real Deadwood, without question, Calamity Jane was well-liked and popular. She was recognized everywhere, and the moment she slapped open the Batwing saloon doors, the same shout always rang out, Here comes Calamity Jane! <laughs> Maybe it was a warning, not a greeting. She was often fond of shooting down the chandeliers, <laughs> whether any- anyone was sitting under them or not. Obviously, John Law wasn't always so amused by Jane's antics as the newspapers were, especially when she was hopped up on tarantula juice. What? But the best way to remember Calamity Jane is the way that Deadwood chooses to remember her, as a heroine. Like her friend Dora DeFran, she put her life on the line for Deadwood's residence. Maybe she never faced a showdown in Tombstone, but some might argue it takes more courage to risk a slow death from smallpox than a quick death from a bullet.
4: Mm. What? Wow. We already talked about tarantula juice?
0: Tarantula juice is slang for whiskey.
4: Oh. Other slang
0: words include coffin varnish and mule skinner. Coffin varnished.
4: <laughs> that must have been some terrible whiskey. <laughs> and
0: Dora Dufresne was an English madam that ran several brothels in the West. Oh. She picked up several girls who had arrived in Deadwood via the wagon train led by Charlie Utter. From time to time, Calamity Jane was in her, her employ. There's a possibility that uh, Jane was a prostitute at certain points during, uh, during her life. Hmm. Dufresne had a brothel in Belfort, South Dakota, called Diddlin' Dora's. <laughs> Diddlin' Dora's advertised itself as the three D's, dining, drinking, and dancing, a place where you can bring your mother.
4: <laughs>
0: One man was known to have remarked, I wouldn't want my mother to know I'd been there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well. Wow.
0: I've read conflicting things about where Calamity Jane got the name. Her her actual name is Martha Cannery. Oh. It's possible that Jane came from a guy who slept with prostitutes was a John and a prostitute was a Jane. So they called her Jane because that was just what she, you know, offensive name that they gave her. As for where the name Calamity came from, it could have come from this. Uh, could have come from an incident where she was said to have uh, gone out with a, like a scout for Custer and he got shot in his horse. And she uh helped him from falling off his horse and rode him back into camp. And he said that she was like a good person to have around in a calamity. Hmm. Nobody really knows. Dan and Johnny bring in a, a guy in a stretcher into the pest tent. Johnny's holding his breath.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Johnny.
0: <laughs> Doc's like, you don't have to hold your breath. Just when you take a breath, just put your face away from the patient. He's like, okay, Doc. <laughs> did anyone actually die from the smallpox in this
2: episode I don't think so yeah.
3: not sure
1: Amos right
3: Amos
2: who's Amos
1: when they were putting the newspaper article together there were two stretchers that went by the first one they acted as though the guy was dead they were saying that there were two people that were I got the idea that they were putting people's names in and then oh the- I know what you're saying and they said, "Oh, you better take out Amos's
0: name." No, what what was um they were saying is Doctor Amos Cochran.
1: Oh, okay. Is the doctor's
0: first name? And the doctor said, "Take the Amos out of there. He doesn't yeah, want. It. Exactly. He doesn't want to use his first name." Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering what I was trying to remember who Amos was. Okay, thank you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> is he ashamed of his name? I guess so. <laughs> it's not a bad name.
1: No, what not like his person-
0: name. Is I don't know Tracy Lindsay. <laughs> A girl's name.
1: <laughs> so the first one, okay, so they were probably both just patients. Yeah, all right. I think so.
0: Yeah, one was the John from The Gem, and the other was the, it was Joey.
1: Joey,
2: okay.
0: The doctor asks the reverend if he's all right, and the reverend says, yes, this is right where I'm supposed to be. Creepy. He has the
2: creepiest this? smile on his face oh, when he yeah, says he's, that. He,
4: he's a creeper. Oh,
2: something funny about that guy.
0: Jane brings in another stretcher. And we get a little background music, Matt.
4: Yeah, yep. I pointed it out to him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Charlie and Seth are putting the native man up on the burial structure next to his buddy. Seth looks pleased that Charlie takes such care uh, of the customs of this person. Yes. There's like a little smile there like, uh, you're a good guy, Charlie. Charlie's like, oh shucks. <laughs> <laughs> And then they ride off because there's still the unresolved matter mm. of the coward Jack McCall. Yes,
1: I'm really surprised they left uh, the Indian pony there.
2: I think they left it for his own people to find. Yeah, yeah, it's a decent win. thing to do.
1: Which I guess if they took it, it would just kind of put a great big bullseye on them too. Yeah,
4: it's just like an extra insult to having killed one of theirs. Yeah. In our last scene, Al
0: is reading the Pioneer article about the plague. He mentions to Dan that imminent return was his contribution. Dan will believe that when he sees this. Oh, I I wrote down that I chuckled in my head because I referred to Dan as a pestilence pessimist. (laughs) (laughs) Al is impressed that Sai is forward-thinking enough to create a gambling emporium for the Celestials. Oh, and another contribution to the article was free. Merrick wanted to put "gratis." Can you believe that guy?
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Dan's Dan's just like I just wish they had a larger sports section.
2: <laughs> he wants baseball. He wants his baseball.
0: specifically news of the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs, which was formed this year, February second, eighteen seventy-six, by William Hulbert, the owner of the Chicago White Stockings.
4: White, mm-hmm. stockings. <laughs> yes, the the white, white stockings. Yes, the white stockings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that really what it was called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curious white stockings.
0: So this is the National League. In baseball there's the National League and the American League. So this is what Dan's referring to. And these are all the sports facts you're ever going to get from uh from me. Cuz I went I, d- I went no further. I like yep, yeah, that's baseball. Okay.
4: I like how Dan called it the baseball. Yeah. The baseball.
1: I got the feeling Al was a little jealous of Psy, si, of the fact that Psy si was thinking bigger than Al was. I
0: don't know about jealousy, but he definitely respects him.
1: I almost got the feeling like his eyes had been opened up to the fact that even though he was running all these different scams all over the camp, he was still thinking small compared to Psy. Si. And I almost got the feeling he was he was thinking in terms of, okay, I need to... I need to think more creatively here.
3: I really liked this whole thing with, uh, like, it's almost like Al wishes he had got into papers instead of what he's doing.
0: Well, he says, different paths take in certain forks in the road. Who knows what kind of joint we'd be in now. Mm -hmm. But as a base of operations, you cannot beat a fucking saloon. Oh,
2: he just stole my quote. Did I just steal your quote? God. I don't think I've any left. (laughs) No, I do have one left.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matt forced my hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blame,
4: blame Matt. Blame Canada. <laughs> Not against the law.
0: <laughs> it's, it's
3: against podcast law, Mel.
4: <laughs> it's illegal in podcast land. But this is
3: Deadwood. There are no laws. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> we're, we're exempt from podcast law.
4: That's true. Do whatever the hell you want.
3: Yeah, I can, I can picture Al as a, as a J. Jonah Jameson type.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and that was the episode. Yep. Cool.
1: I did think it was pretty interesting that, like, when Tom or Tomas uh, was saying how everybody said that Seth's such a good guy, but he doesn't like him. I mean, it was really pretty unusual for Seth to want to bury the guy or want to do the right thing for this guy who had attacked him.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: And it does show a different kind of view of things than uh, than was uh we've seen so far at that camp.
0: Yeah, even Charlie, who's a good guy, was like, i just assume it was rather not. Take the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he didn't see it at all. But, I mean, Charlie's a good guy. I mean, he was like, well, if you're going to do this, at least do it right.
0: Do it right, yeah. Well, your predictions last week, we know that uh, Matt was immediately wrong about Seth skipping an episode. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: he also predicted that people would get sick, but a guy would run in with a vaccine and save the town.
4: Not yet. This show happens a lot slower than we predicted. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Carol predicted that people would get sick. Perhaps the people on the stagecoach that Andy Cramed had arrived on, and that's where the origin of the plague would be. Oh, Mel just said it's gonna be biblical <laughs>
3: with locusts and frogs.
4: Yes, <laughs> yes.
3: And then, and then the Reverend's like, "No, it's not. I shut you
0: down, Mel."
4: No. <laughs> damn you reverend (laughs) making me wrong
0: (laughs) uh only one death i think this episode the native person at the beginning Mm
4: -hmm. yeah
0: killed by seth bullock hit a hit in the head how many times moira 16 it was the 16th that did it too must have been
4: that last (laughs) shot. (laughs) i hope not
0: If it had just been 15, they could have left him <laughs> out in the fresh air, and then he would have felt better. <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> so Jane would have found him. She would have ministered to him. would be fine. If,
3: X-Fi- <laughs> if X-Files this week taught me anything, all you have to do is close your eyes and you won't die. <laughs>
4: <laughs> His eyes were closed. He must have still been alive.
0: <laughs> well, body counts. Carol said three. Matt said five. Mel said six.
4: Damn it. Damn.
0: Didn't I say one last time, like the time before that? I don't, I don't feel like anyone should win. Yeah, so yeah, far uh, off
4: yeah maybe you should award it to yourself matt
3: <laughs> <laughs> you st- you, yeah thanks if none for tricking of
4: us, us for tricking us
3: if none of us get the point you get it by default
0: <laughs> <laughs> beat the host you
4: tricked us into thinking that all these people would die so far not too many people die every episode
0: Mm. No, it's just why I'm thinking that maybe next season we do a running tally, like a how many people will die at the end of the season.
4: I do enjoy guessing how many people will die, though. I enjoy this pure uh, <laughs> <laughs> pleasure of it. <laughs> you predator, you.
2: I know. I know.
0: <laughs> All right, we got some feedback from Will. Yay, Will!
3: Yay! Yay, Will!
0: We love you. <laughs>
7: Hey guys, this is Will. I don't have a lot this week because I have way too many podcasts. I'm doing stuff for today, and I want to try to finish before Orphan Black comes on, and I'm going out later. But that's more than you wanted to know. This episode, I really enjoyed Plague. It, that was just another quality episode. I had a few thoughts. Seth really beat the shit out of that Indian guy real good. Uh. I was really sad that Joey didn't get his Nebraska pussy, you know. Was, <laughs> he was really looking forward to that scene. And poor Ellsworth. I wonder what's gonna happen with that. He's gonna be kind out of everything. Um, yeah, I don't think Al's used to being talked to the way that Cy si was talking to him. telling him to go fuck himself, basically. I heard Jane say her full name. I don't remember her using her full name, but I just missed it. Uh, Jade and Doc Cochran scene was hilarious because they're going to have a pretty fun relationship. It was interesting to see how Al took charge of the whole plague thing, kind of the leader of the camp there, and how he was the editor of the paper, even. <laughs> oh, that guy paid to stay in Bill's room. Uh, I wonder if people pay to stay in Whitney Houston's room, the one that she died in, if they like pay to take a bath in her tub. Ugh, oh, people are disgusting. Oh, I hope they close that room off. I don't know. I want to look that up and see if that happened. <laughs> so the little girl does know how to talk. That was interesting. wonder how long Charlie and Seth are going to be going after that guy. But yeah, overall a great episode. I'm going to say this episode is like a little afternoon delight, a little quickie in there between stuff you got to do. And Mel, if Matt's still sick, it's all right to breathe. Just turn your head away from him. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Skyrockets in flight. (laughs) Afternoon delight.
6: Nice. Nice.
0: Um, Matt, will you please read this email from Nutty?
3: Here's my thoughts on the plague. Seth's run-in was a nice reminder of how things are a powder keg there. I like how he was dealing with the aftermath of another, what, white man's decisions? What? Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Uh, it works well. I also, also I love that he and Charlie are together. Charlie knows a lot about the Sioux customs, which I think is pretty cool, and I like how they lay the dead guy to rest in accordance with his traditions. <clears throat> Jane is going to help with the sick tent. I think that's rad. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I smiled. Every time she was on screen. I think it's tubular. (laughs) (laughs) Bodacious. Uh, Still, I think it's sad she's leaving the kid behind. What's going to happen to that girl when Alma leaves? And she does know English. Okay, so Trixie is working on Alma's side here. She's a smart girl and helped cover it well. I'm liking Trixie more and more. Al and getting folks together to handle the outbreak was good. When they kept talking about fruit, I was wondering where they were going to get it. When it was cans, I almost smacked myself. Of course. (laughs) So the Rev has new seizures, but smelled something burning. Is he having strokes?
2: No, seizures.
3: Ellsworth is adorable. I'm very expensive. I love him so much. (laughs) Nutty.
4: Thanks. Thanks, Nutty. She brings up uh, the thing about... I just realized the thing about Seth and Charlie. Remember how Charlie asked uh, Seth out on a date, kind of? Yeah. Is this officially the first date?
0: (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. Moira,
4: you didn't send in feedback
0: because you were here, so why don't you read this feedback? (laughs) This is from Emily.
2: Hey, Hoopleheads. I caught up on Deadwood this weekend and noticed my first Shakespearean soliloquy. Very cool. Too bad it was done by EB. I really hate that guy. (laughs) Stray thoughts while watching the plague. Ellsworth is adorable. Drunk Jane rules. Got it. Dan is Keith Summers. I finally saw it in his face. He seems fairly decent in this show, so he better stay away from Norma if he knows what's good for him.
0: It's a Bates Motel reference. W. R. O. Brown played the original motel owner.
2: Mm -hmm. Warning, quote ahead. I'd rather try touching the moon than take on a horse thinking, Al, you're growing on me. Mm -hmm. Another... You can do it, Alma. Look at all the practice you've had. Trixie mastering the ignorant, subtle slam. (sighs) Nurse Jane, this is going to be good. Yeah, idiot, you are smelling burning and having seizures because you need glasses. Nailed it. (laughs) 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 I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Jane is absolutely and utterly fantastic. Every word and gesture is gold. I said in my first feedback that Al could go either way. It happened in this episode. I'm sold. He won me over. This episode gets 9 out of 10 pennies in Jane's curse jar. <laughs> P.S. I'd wear any and all of the stockings the whores wear in this show. They need to be washed first. Emily from the Utah Territories. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you, Emily.
2: Yes, thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Emily. All right, who wants to rate it? I guess we'll have the guests go first.
2: Okie I like this one. Um, I like watching... I'll see a crisis coming and deal with it. And I like the way everybody in the town got together and solved it. Uh, I like knowing what was happening with Seth, even though that screwed up Matt's prediction. Sorry, Matt. Mm. Um, What else? And I liked... Oh, I really love the interplay, the beginnings of this interplay between Trixie and Alma. Um, just because I like watching Trixie. She's such a sly fox, that one. So, let's see. I am going to give this one... Um, eight and a half out of 10 dignified burials.
0: It right, Sounds good. Carol?
2: Well, I like that
1: all of the characters are just getting more and more dimension to them every episode. And I still like Seth and I like uh, his acting and everything else. Jane is great. Trixie is, you know, getting more interesting. Al did take over. It's like, Al does know how to handle these people. There's no two ways about it on the negative side. I keep feeling like we're in a middle episode that is a conduit from one episode to the next, as opposed to a lot of stuff happening in that episode. I don't know why I feel that way. It shouldn't really matter because it's, it's interesting and stuff. And I realize it's part of an ongoing story, but for some reason I keep feeling like I'm, I'm between episodes or something, but I'll give it eight out of ten. Millinery salesman bringing civilization to Deadwood, one hat at a time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I know what you're saying about how it's hmm. these episodes are not self-contained; they it's very ongoing,
1: Mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. fine. But for some reason, I I don't even know why it makes me feel like, like a little unfulfilled when I feel almost like it's it's just the beginning of the story. Like, I keep feeling like I'm getting the beginning of the story and that the real story will happen next time, you know? I can see what you mean. Mel. <clears throat> no.
4: Yes. Uh, I uh, liked this episode, although I guess I kind of agree with Carol that it is kind of, does give you that feeling that, like, I really like the show, but it just keeps kind of feeling like the like you're in between stuff. Like you're sandwiched somehow. Mm-hmm. So I will give it... I'm going to give it a good rating. eight 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 and a half Randy Widows out of ten.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My turn? Yes. Uh, I liked this episode just fine. Um, I liked the town meeting. I liked the brutal fight that Seth had. And I liked all the girls starting to work together. I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 toasty smells. Oh. <laughs>
0: I love this episode. There's so much good stuff out. The Seth fight scene at the beginning, of course, uh the the big plague meeting, the town hall meeting that ended in um uh, the reverend having a big seizure. Mm. And the recurring joke about the fruit. <laughs> the Doc Jane scene, Trixie becoming more of um uh, her own person, her own character. There was just a lot of like individual moments that I just really loved. Oh, Charlie came back. He was missing the last episode. Yeah. Oh, the newspaper stuff was just (laughs) hilarious. This was just a really funny quotable episode Mm
6: -hmm.
0: with a lot of great moments. So I'm going to, I'm going to go high. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 linens that got sick on them. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Moira, would you like to nominate your character of the episode?
2: Yeah, I was torn about this. Um, I was torn between Al and the doc, to be honest with you. Cause the doc amazes me. I agree with, uh, with Mal. The guy's, he just, he's the jack of all trades. He's amazing. But I think I'm gonna go with Al because he is the mover and the shaker and the fixer and the guy that keeps everything under control and solves the problem and actually treats people decently. Sort of, kind of, for Al. <laughs> um, relatively anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Al.
0: Very good. Carol?
1: I've got to go with Al on this one as well for a lot of the same reasons that Moira just said. Even though Al looks at science as, wow, he's really thinking of the future and he and he realizes that he's been thinking smaller. At the same time, Al has, has a real ability to see long term as far as people go. If there's a plague thing, we've got to contain it. Not throw some guy out in the woods and hope that it doesn't happen. Look at reality in the face and deal with reality. And he just took the whole thing and and got it all in hand. So I'll go with Al.
0: Okay. Mel.
4: No. Uh hmm. the newspaper.
0: <laughs> That's not a character.
6: <laughs>
4: yeah. That's not a character. <laughs> You want me to pick an actual character? The, the newspaper
0: doesn't even have uh, News of the Baseball.
4: <laughs> That's flawed. It is lame. It's a lame newspaper. It doesn't even have a sports column. I um, guess I could go with the doctor. I liked him. <laughs> it's not
2: very <laughs> deep, guys.
3: I'm going with the doctor, too. I liked. Uh, we got to spend more time with him yeah. this time.
2: Oh, my God. We're going to need a tiebreaker. This is awesome.
3: <laughs> we get, Yeah, we spend more time with him, and we get to see like how like grumpy but effective.
2: <laughs> I love him.
0: Well, I guess I could break the tie,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or I could do another wild card suggestion, and because uh, I'm, t- I'm really tempted to say Trixie, the printing I was press.
4: Tempted to say Trixie, yes, yes, but I don't know
2: if we've seen enough of her yet to, you know. To give I know, it. I was, know, that's what I yeah. really,
0: I really have to give it to Al because he yeah. held that meeting, mm. and he's getting it done. He's getting the business done, and it's gonna <laughs> save lives.
2: And he's starting a fruit tradition. And he's
0: starting a. <laughs> Plot for, for fruit and <laughs> a, a fruit peach subplot. <laughs> yeah, Al wins. Al wins. Uh, quotes. Guest rights Say Moira gets to go first.
2: Okay, it's sort of in half. Got said,
0: qu- I- who's got a quote that Matt didn't say already? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sort so Matt left. didn't say this. It's a sort of half and said. But I love this quote, so I'm doing it anyway. Joni, will you keep a girl company, Ellsworth? I will, but I'm expensive. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Love that
2: that was great, so cute.
1: I've got one that goes with that one, Ellsworth. Thank you for allowing me my full range of expression <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mel
4: oh, uh, what did I write there
0: <laughs> too slow, Matt <laughs> De- Hey, De-
3: <laughs> declare or shut the fuck up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Should I go now?
0: Yep. Yes, yeah, so you can go now.
4: <laughs> Stick to hand jobs a day or two, if you'd like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go one from the same scene. You better have a paying dwarf
2: underneath you. That's my other one.
4: Yeah, I love that. I like the. Uh, well, I didn't like it, but say for Mister Farnum. Woo, sheet Whoa. for Farnum. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I want and to slap him. He's talking to her like she's stupid. Yes, I know.
2: Yeah, and then uh, stupid, but you know. Yes. I
4: like the uh Jesus Christ, you just shit yourself <laughs> <laughs> you just shit. <laughs> uh.
0: here's an exchange between e b and l The dope had made the widow Randy lustful looks, heavy breathing, outthrust chest, the full catalogue. only hope you purported yourself as a gentleman e b There was a child in the room. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, you know, as much as I hate E.B., like I, I kind of like that he has scruples, I guess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he has at least that many scruples. Yes. <laughs> um, This one's from Jane, I think. I believe I'll fucking wait.
2: Oh. Was that, Jane? Yeah, when she's out front of the yeah. doc. Yeah.
0: All right, Doc and Jane. Well, you have high standards as applied to other people. I ain't judging anyone. I was seeking information. Well, are you adequately informed?
2: Yes, I am, you cocksucker. (laughs) This is the, uh, the, who's the newspaper guy again? Merrick. Merrick, at the very beginning. Doc, libation. I wonder if he thought I said live patient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he also says, takes the edge off. Well put. And may I say, Dan, that I often find you the source of many well put and witty things that you say.
5: (laughs) God.
0: Any other quotes?
3: Uh, hey, Reverend, you could have just said
0: amen. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: her gutter mouth and the widow in an opium stupor, a conversation for the ages.
1: Jane's mouth is no worse than any of the guys, but you know, the whole thing of her being gutter mouth. Because she's a lady. Well, no, she's a woman. Yeah. She has <laughs> so- ovaries. <laughs> Yes, because they, she has ovaries. They definitely don't consider her a lady.
0: Well, if there are no other quotes, no. The title for the next episode is very ambiguous. <laughs> it is called <laughs> "Bullock Returns to the Camp." Yes, <laughs> it,
2: that's really the title. Yes. yes. So but, Matt, please oh. don't, to, please don't predict that we won't see <laughs> Bullock next week.
4: <laughs> Guys, how does he return to the camp? What is the question. I predict he returns full of rage. <laughs> <laughs> 20 points for you. I predict he comes in on a winged unicorn. <laughs> no, no, no. One of those unicorns that, like, farts rainbows or whatever. <laughs> uh, okay. And he's, like, full of rage. <laughs> no, and the unicorn is also full of rage. <laughs> rage rainbows. I predict many steely
1: stares.
0: Between Bullock and the unicorn? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Between Bullock and anybody. But wait, will he return to camp with or without Jack McCall?
1: Um, I don't think there's any point to bringing Jack McCall back.
2: Unless he's dead over... That's the, what I meant. I was picturing yeah. the body. Will he kill Jack McCall? Yeah, that's a good question. Wow.
0: Will he f- meet Jack McCall, or will it be one of the situations where they... They can't find him or they're a day too late.
1: Okay. This is one of those He
0: gets on the subway trains as the doors close and he rides off <laughs> and he's like, Oh damn it
1: <laughs> Yes. This is one of those iffy things, since we looked up Jack McCall's picture and everything. I mean, is it spoilery to make deductions from that?
0: Well, we don't know when the picture was taken.
1: No, we don't know when the picture was taken.
0: So you're gonna predict that he gets away and,
1: and I think lives he's lives a 90- nice
0: long
3: life?
1: I think, well, I don't know about a long life, but I mean, that guy did not seem like he was going to have all that long a life mm. in general. But I mean, I think he gets away from Seth. I I mean, I doubt that he ran immediately to another town and got a picture taken and <laughs> just in time and then went back out and
0: so Seth could kill him. Maybe he's in one of those booths where it takes photos.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> And he's
0: getting his photo taken, and that's when all of a sudden the the curtain opens and Seth's hand comes in and tra- strangles him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you see is a close-up of pictures being printed.
1: Okay, now that sounds good. That sounds right.
0: <laughs> well, join us in two weeks for Episode 7, Bullock Returns to the Camp.
4: If nothing else, I think the unicorn will at least impale uh, Jack McCall. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait! They're going to ride into town, and Jack no. McCall's going to be on the unicorn's head, all impaled. Oh, and it's going to be really epic. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up. I think in terms of what
1: what's happened since Seth left, and how it would affect him. But I don't think anything's happened that would particularly outrage him any more than already has happened. I mean, the play was the um,
2: was Alma's husband already dead when he left? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Because Bill Bill got him to
2: help. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, after he was her. dead
1: since before that.
2: The only new thing is the widow's getting off the dope. And that there's smallpox in town,
1: and there's smallpox. But they're
0: handling the smallpox, right? Right. right. Yeah, so that,
1: yeah. So I don't see any big shockers for for Seth when he comes back.
0: He's really coming back to a better camp than when he left it.
1: Yeah. It's it's kind of weird though that they would have an episode title. He comes back to town as though as though this would be a huge event. You're know? gonna
3: throw a parade when he comes back.
6: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yay!
1: It makes me wonder because I can't see any, I can't really come up with anything special that would be about him coming back to camp.
4: Maybe it'll be an uneventful episode.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hmm. If we guess the body count, nope.
0: How many people are going to die next episode? Two. Melanie. I say. Is your name Melanie? I say. Yep.
4: <laughs> one. I'm going to be awfully wrong. There's going to be
0: Matt like says what, one. If, Matt says no, two. Three.
4: Sorry, three, because people have to die from the plague.
0: Okay. Carol says.
4: I'll go with the one, because even though I
1: agree that people have to die from the plague, they are going about it very slowly. So I'm going to go with one. I don't think the plague is going to be, be killing people yet.
4: No, maybe I should say zero. <laughs> what is it? 1.
0: <laughs> 1. 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> Rounding up, two. <laughs>
1: 1.5 is unlikely to be the the number. <laughs>
4: Someone will lose their soul.
0: <laughs> or they'll they'll, <laughs> ju- they'll just die from the waist down.
4: <laughs> they'll be in a wheelchair for the Aww. rest of their life. So
0: the- one person dead, one person paralyzed?
4: Yes. Yes, that is
0: why. <laughs> All right. <Yes. laughs> one dead, one paralyzed.
4: And, and paralysis can also include blindness because you can go blind from <laughs>
3: paralysis of the eyes
4: yes paralysis of the eyes thank mm. you matt all right thanks for helping me in my craziness
3: you're <laughs> progressively getting more insane
0: <laughs> well we'll see you in two weeks for bullock returns to the camp moira do you have any podcasts or any other internet projects you'd like to play?
2: um well back in the day i did do fisher cast which was a six feet under podcast which you can still find if you go to fishercast at blogspot.com um and uh yeah and a little bit i don't think in may i'm gonna do an episode of the defenders podcast which is the daredevil podcast coming out so Uh plus i just hang around and send feedback into people you know
0: yay yay we love your feedback
1: yes we appreciate that
0: it Uh warms the cockles (laughs)
1: hey don't talk dirty
0: (laughs) this is this is the podcast for talking dirty
1: oh right i forgot never mind
0: as always, you can find our episodes at hooplecast.com or by searching uh, iTunes for Hooplecast. Send feedback to hooplecast at gmail.com and join our Facebook group. That's where we post fun stuff and have good discussions. All right. That's it. See you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye, Bye everyone. And Thanks fuck you. Sure. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and a fuck you to use, too, sir. It's <laughs> Very
4: casual. Fuck you. Just fuck you.
0: Peaches. Peaches come from a can. They were put there by a man in a factory
6: downtown. And if I had my little way,
3: I eat peaches every day. Some soaking bulges in the shade. Move into
0: the country. I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. I took a little nap with a little salt twist, your a rotten peach in my fist, and dreamed. Of
2: Predator, you. <laughs>
0: I, know. I know. She's brought up several times on this podcast and on other podcasts that she's planning to kill Matt and won't miss him when he's dead. No, we.
2: I know. I've heard this.
0: Yeah, we just laugh and laugh and think it's funny. But one of these days, I'm going <laughs> to
4: open a newspaper. I'm going to see a headline. <laughs> yeah,
0: and we're going to be like, I, oh, she was serious.
4: Actually, <laughs> guys, I have like a ven- ventriloquist dummy on my. A uh, lap, and I'm just pretending that it's Matt, and I'm doing the Matt voice.
3: Yeah, I've been dead a long time.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm
4: just really good at ventriloquism, I'm, guys. I'm
3: buried in the backyard right
4: now. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how creepy this sounds to people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did die of the plague at the end of the last recording. Yep, that's true.
2: He did, so- oh, he did sound.
4: He did sound close just, to death. I'll then. just
0: M Night Shyamalan
4: <laughs> The dummy is actually covered in scars.
7: Oh. <laughs> All right, we got some feedback from Will. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Skyrockets in flight. <laughs> Afternoon delight. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now Matt's dead.
3: Yep. Yeah, he is already established. He
4: is a dummy now.
3: No need to turn your head away from me. I
4: actually melted his ashes to make the dummy. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) And I used his hair. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, can the dummy read this email from Nutty? And he's starting a (laughs) plot for for fruit and a fruit peach subplot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you guys were talking about the fruit thing and how it's like, well, I saw fruit one time and let's give them fruit for a meeting. All all of a sudden I had this recollection of my swimming coach, like when I was eight, looking around at people and saying, yeah, we need to have a party. We need to have a party for the end of the season. What do you, what do these kids eat Sloppy Joes. I hear the kids eat Sloppy Joes. Get them Sloppy Joes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you Sloppy Joes.
0: So every meeting there was Sloppy Joes? Yeah, it was, or, uh, like,
1: it's a, it's a party. Get the kids.
4: What what do the kids eat? You know, what do these kids want? Yeah, and now I want Al to bring Sloppy Joes to the next meeting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't had Sloppy Joes in a long time. Now I want some. I've
0: I've had work meetings where, like, there's always a carton of orange juice like if it's like a early meeting and no one ever drinks it but it's always there. That's
1: mm-hmm. sad.
0: Someone always buys the orange juice. I'll bring the orange juice. No one no one's drinking it. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: <You get> a <laughs> carton of orange juice every time. I
0: don't, yeah. I, I guess the date
1: on
4: it.
0: Oh, I no I'm sure it's uh, <laughs> it's fresh. Uh, orange why does
4: juice. no one drink this orange juice? I don't know. I would drink That's... the
0: orange juice. Why I don't, don't tend to drink juice? or eat anything very early in the morning. I d- I skip breakfast most <gasps> mornings. <gasps> Yes terrible, terrible. I don't like breakfast It's <gasps> my favorite meal of the day. that's it. my least favorite meal. <gasps> oh. I'd rather have dinner at breakfast time yeah I've I'd never rather cared- have breakfast at dinner time
1: <laughs> huh. I've never cared much for breakfast, I agree with you, oh no. <gasps>
2: Ah, oh, if you stay at my house, we usually do the big breakfast on Sunday. You get <gasps> waffles and you get your choice of like blueberries and, 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 and bananas on them with maple oh, syrup and you get sausage and bacon and toast and. I like all those things. Yeah, and eggs and.
0: I'm not a big fan of eggs.
2: Well, you don't have to have those. There's lots of other things. things. <laughs> most,
0: most things when you go for breakfast, you want like French toast or something. hmm. Or waffles. hmm. You only get that you don't get anything else so it's just the same kind of taste unless you pay a la carte for like a hundred things well, meanwhile all if- the combos are like egg related combos Oh, shoot. oh so you don't like not a true, good not steak true around eggs?
1: Here, but around here you can pretty much get of course we have new jersey is the diner capital of the world so well, i'm going right now
0: then <laughs> you know what i like is uh fruit mm-hmm. I have fruit and muffins I have a muffin or a granola bar <gasps> See? you would totally have
2: breakfast at my house cuz i have with muffins, I have fruit. Well then we can we can make it work, Moira. It would work. I could that's get great. you breakfast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic.
2: You oh, and yogurt. Yogurt, yogurt and
4: granola too. No, oh, you've gone too far.
0: Yogurt's gross. Oh, sure. uh, I <laughs> like it. Are you a picky eater? I'm okay. a
4: pretty
0: I'm a pretty picky eater, yeah. <gasps> Certain <gasps> things of texture and smell make me gag.
4: Oh, so geez. last
2: night I made homemade um uh roasted red. Pepper and sweet potato soup. Would you eat that? Mm. Oh, damn, it's so
0: good. I would. If I you would swore by it,
1: it was
2: good. I would try it.
0: Good. So good. Uh, peppers. Peppers. <laughs> I'll adopt you.
1: Okay. One are of the very few things I will not eat are peppers.
0: Hey, none of you drink beer. So... <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Moira drinks beer. Matt, are you See? like my cousin who goes to
3: Subway and gets a sandwich, which is bread, meat, and cheese? No sauce, no <laughs> veggies.
0: Mm, no. Okay, you're not no. that bad. Okay, no, we, not
3: that bad. We can still be friends.
2: <laughs> 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 it was a close call there for a minute.
0: <laughs> Phew! Passed
3: the subway Wait, test. You
2: be friends with you? You're not alive. You are a muppet.
0: Yeah. Why should <laughs> I be friends <laughs> with a wooden <laughs> yeah, puppet?
2: Yeah, ridiculous <laughs> dummy.
0: Where the hell did we go so we, off topic we here? We determined Al.
4: that Al was. Yeah, Al, was Al wins. Tough, but <laughs> I'm shocked. Wins. I'm shocked at all this. Food knowledge i've just found out about you guys shocked
2: <laughs> you've been judged mel's judged you all
4: <laughs> i can't function
2: in the morning without breakfast
4: no me neither i i am very grumpy i get, I mm. get i'm not grumpy
2: i just got hungry <laughs> yeah <laughs> my brain stops thinking and then you know that's not good
4: <laughs> uh, yeah i can't i can't function without food i need
2: food hmm. maybe it's the curly hair
4: <laughs> we need to power our curly hair. More. <laughs> Must be.
2: Do the rest of you have straight hair? <laughs> I, what
4: it is. I do
2: have straight well, hair. Well, you
0: found the common denominator. Curly
2: hair curly-haired Bre- people.
0: Breakfast plus hair <laughs> equals curly hair. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I guess the I energy that... goes
4: out through the curls or something. something.
3: I don't feel this is valid science at all.
4: <laughs> we, we have deduced that curly hair equals breakfast. This yeah. is
0: pretty dubious. Read <laughs> for pretty breakfast. Pretty dubious. Now, wait a
1: minute. My dad didn't have curly hair, and he was a breakfast fiend.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Maybe his hair would be balding. Maybe it used to be curly. How do you know? Maybe he straightened his hair every day. Now, he did have curly hair when he was a little kid. That's true. That is
4: what it is. Do so we just
2: cut out his curls? So in our,
1: huge, in our huge representative sample.
2: Of three. Of three. <laughs> <laughs> this is such good science. Mm, I know. Oh, sorry. He's going to edit it all out. Don't worry.
6: <laughs> no, I hope so.
3: I know exactly where this part is going.
4: <laughs> all right. Yes. <laughs> yes. As well it should. That's fine.
0: Uh, quotes.
4: Yep, yep. Jesus Christ! You just shit yourself.